Welcome to episode 68 of the Varangian Heresy Podcast. My name is Jody, your host as always on this lovely evening, afternoon, morning, wherever the hell or whatever the hell you're listening. Um, and joining me in the virtual studio tonight is two of my three co-hosts. Yep, that's right. I have three co-hosts now. So that means the team got one, one bigger. So not only do we have somebody sitting on a pyramid, somebody sitting on a fence post, We've got some weird Danish bloke lounging on our casting couch, but we'll uh, get to that in a very second. Um, sadly, Magnus is not with us. He is uh, doing nothing wrong out viewing some sort of motion picture with uh, a very important member of his family. Um, with someone that tells him that he does everything wrong. Well, I was going to say yeah. somebody who won't let him off his leash, but um, you know, I think you got it. You got it better there, Freddie. Um, so he's not here, but uh, joining us, joining the team is the one and the only. You've heard him here before. You love him. He's going to introduce himself properly after we've done this in a second. It is Eric, the Great Dane, all the way from Denmark. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, Jody. I'm doing great. I'm doing great, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, well, welcome aboard, brother. Welcome aboard. Yeah. Welcome Thanks, aboard man. the uh, the crazy train. We we never this heresy train never stops, no brakes, but somehow we managed to swing by and grab you up. So you know, all is oh, good. Yeah. And, down in the yeah, exactly. It's it's all in for the wild ride right now. Um, and on my right, as always, sitting atop the pyramid of many points. Uh, constructed something out of, I, I was going to say empty beer cans and pretzels, but I think there's gin bottles in there as well, as he's survived October yeah. and is now on to, I'm guessing, make-up November. Um, <laughs> alcoholic November. With, uh, with a pretzel in one hand and a drink in the other, it is uh, the Crown Prince himself, Mr. Freddie. How are you doing, bud? I am doing much better than I did seven days ago. <laughs> <laughs> What a difference a day a, a calendar day makes when it goes from the end of guess, October to the first of November. I can tell you the first beer I had on the first of November that was like uh, orgasmic. One of those things that's like when JFK was shot and when weird things happened, you know where you were, and yeah. you'll always remember that first beer after having to be sober for so long. Fuck yeah, it's like post-deployment beer level of goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good! Yeah, no, I'm, I'm awesome. How are you, mate? Um, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. It's been a it's been a hectic couple of weeks, but you know things are on the up as as uh, as we speak. So that's all, that is a most important thing. And I have my kids, so I'm I'm happy this week. So all is right in the jungle and all that sort of shit. So um, let's talk about what we're going to be doing tonight. Uh, tonight is an army episode. We're getting back to our back to our roots, back to our classics, our fan favorites, and it's all about the the wizards, the space wizards, um, the army that has so much fluff that most people don't know it. Um, no, no digs there, Eric at all. Um, uh, we're doing an army episode all about the Thousand Sons this evening. Um, so that's that's going to be our main part and. What better way to introduce him to the podcast than having Eric, who is a well-renowned or infamous? I don't know which one sounds sounds more right, Freddie. Inf well, well-respected or infamous Thousand Sons player? 
Infamous. Infamous. Okay, good. I just want to get it's more. Out. It's more like the truth. <laughs> um, so Eric's going to be t- going through that with with, uh, with us this evening. We're going to be talking um, some fluff, lots about the units and all the good stuff that's in there with a thousand suns, and looking at ways of making them more enjoyable, more interesting than Magnus and twenty Sekhmet Terminators. Uh, because believe it or not, sit down for this. If you're not already sitting down, those lists do exist and they are fun to play. Apparently in some Macalis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, hang on. No, no, no. That is Magnus and 20 Sekhmet Terminator. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the Vori special. We've already, we've already agreed that's a, that's a Vori special. Yeah, yeah, that one has been covered a lot. Yeah. Um, so before we get into that and before Eric gets a second to introduce himself, I want to get the social media stuff out of the way. Um, Hopefully, by now, if you're listening to us, you are following us on Facebook uh, and you're part of our Varangian Heresy podcast group. Uh, you know that our email is Heresy at gmail.com. And we do Twitter occasionally at Varangian Heresy. And we do have Instagram at Varangian Heresy. Um, and with the shakeup and the lineup and adding new people in, who knows, they might actually get used a lot more. That would be kind of cool. Um, but we make no promises. We will see what we can do. Um, but we're 68 episodes into this now, and if you like what we're doing and you would like to consider supporting us, go over to Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash the Brangian Heresy. You can uh, join up and support us on a number of different ways, and we have um, some fantastic dudes supporting us over there already. You get to come and be part of the High Lords um, and join our little closed podcast group of power-hungry, power-gaming, crazy people. Um which it, it seems to be the build in there anyway, um, because we're all in there. And, you know, we've got, uh, we've got the lovely Hans and a few others who are joining us from around the world. So that is very awesome. Uh, and we're also being supported on there by Miles from Little Legend Studios. If you're in on our top level, you actually get access to uh, monthly seminar videos from Miles. And I can tell you this much that coming out this month, there are, um, there's a pair of videos that we've got access to, all about, funnily enough, the Crimson King himself, Magnus, and how to paint, uh, how to paint him, and specifically on the gold armor as well. So it's all theme this month. I mean, you could you couldn't get any more, you know, narrative fluff driven podcasting if you tried. Uh, you'd literally have to roll in Angron Red or some <laughs> some sort of impossible fairy dust that no longer exists. Uh, to make it any more, so that's that's what uh, we've got on the social media side. We've got some army lists to review, and some stuff that we've been uh, holding back on, or not holding back on, just trying to catch up with. Um, but before we do that, Eric, yeah. this is where you get to make a first impression, and hopefully set off anything that we may have said or will say about you um, from now on. So why don't you tell all all our lovely listeners who you are, what you do, um, and where you Instagram Instagram about it and don't want it tagged? Yeah, yeah. That's the other Instagram. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So we'll be sharing that one as well for everybody to tag heresy stuff later. (laughs) No. Yes. Um, <laughs> you, you will see if you can find it. You actually have it. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Anyway, introduce yourself, man. Yeah, I will. Um, yeah, I'm Eric. I'm from Denmark. And um, I've been playing all different kinds of Warhammer for 
yeah, a lot of years, 16 years, I think. Um, started out in uh, back in school with uh, fantasy and played all the way through sixth edition. Um, had Dogs of War and Vampire accounts back in the in the old fantasy game. Um, then later on, I went on to uh, 40k and played Dark Angels there um, and took a break. And then when I heard about uh, the Mechanicum army later on, uh, I kind of came back into the hobby and bought myself. Actually, I saw a Castellax model. And I was like, I need to own that. Uh, started up a Mechanicum army and kind of just went from there. And uh, about yeah, two years ago, I, I then started the Thousand Suns army, which was before the Book 7 rules came out. So... I would say I'm excused for, for picking <laughs> that army because I did not know the rules when <laughs> back when I actually got it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you could say you're excused. Whether people yeah. agree with you is a, is another thing altogether, mate. Yeah, we we will see later. <laughs> At least yeah. I'm trying to do something different. That's that's always been my thing to uh, to make armies that people don't really haven't really tried before. Never really do a netlist and stuff like that. Um, apart oh, from that, I'm create them. Yeah, I'd rather create them than uh, copying what other people do. Um, <laughs> yeah, which, which brings me to fluff, which I don't really do much of. But again, you could say I can go to an event and when people are talking to me about their army and stuff, I can be like genuinely interested because I have no fucking clue about soft armies. What what their background is and stuff like that so instead of hearing the same story from another person again i'm gonna hear it for the first time and be like oh that's really cool um so i'm, I'm learning the fluff and yeah, nice and slow just getting there um mainly mouth to ear method and at some events things get weird um, yeah, but that's, that's, that's literally mouth to mouth and then things will be yeah. <laughs> It is heresy after all. Stuff happens. Yes, we, we know that the infamous chair, Scandus, <laughs> which you still probably dream about sometimes. Yeah, okay, touche, fair play. <laughs> well, we, we, we have taken it upon us ourselves to turn you into A-grade fluffer. Yeah, good luck with that. It's our mission. My last quiz. We're going to need it, but it's a mission we're willing to accept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember our last tournament at Scandus where you had a, a quiz? Yeah. Or was it the painting? Course? Yeah, it was the painting course. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm, I took a really important role there. I was the guy who got drunk and distracted the other teams. Yes, yes, you were. Yes, and I was you, really good at it. You did great on that. You did great on that. I mean, no, nobody can argue. You, you did a great job on that, man. You really did. We're proud of <laughs> yeah. you for that one. So, yeah. So at least we got in second. So almost got there. But, oh, thanks to you. Yeah, exa exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like the, the rest had some answers. I removed some answers from my opponents. <laughs> nah, but apart from that, my main thing is painting. And apparently, for some reason, all my armies have ended up being red, which is not something I noticed myself. I probably like red, but everyone is like, every time I make a new army, oh, you, it's, it's being red again. So right this moment, like the last month, I have been starting up a Luminous army, which is not red. It's going to be 
Yeah, snow camo colors, so blue whitish. Uh huh. And, and then of course with uh, with some red lights on it and stuff like that. But <laughs> it'll be like a little bit of tank and then lots of lights. Yeah, yeah. So and, uh, and, at least and don't forget the weathering and rust. So there'll be a lot of rust red there as well. Oh yes, yes, definitely, definitely. So there, there will be some sort of winter <laughs> color underneath all the rust. Yeah. <laughs> it's be the most rusted fucking 30k vehicle in the entire universe. <laughs> yeah, my, my first vehicle is really rusty. I, I went to the last paint course to get uh, get into how to make rust with the oil colors. And uh, it, it went really well, and I went really far into doing it. So, um, yeah. So, what army can you do that to? That would be militia, because all the other armies would be kind of weird to rust that much. So, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to make it. And I'm having a lot of orders coming to my place at the moment. So, um, yeah, that, that's what I'm, uh, I'm going with. Thousand Sons, Mechanicum, and soon to be Militia. All rusty, militia. rusty Militia. Yeah, all, rusty aboard militia. The, all aboard the Militia train. Yes, militia for life. The, not the rending stop on shit. I'm going I'm to do a new one. Something no one has seen before. Mm. It will be stubborn. And then running. <laughs> nah, you can't go Instead of running and stubborn. It'll be yeah, it'll be super super running and super stubborn somehow. <laughs> and it'll be red and go faster. Because that that'll Yeah. Yeah, exactly the red will make you go faster. Nah, I'm I'm going for uh it's gonna be like a prison planet. Um, so all my um, normal troops are going to be uh, elite troopers from the militia army on the planet, and then all my inducted Levi's are going to be uh, are going to be uh, prisoners, just put into war with close combat weapons, like with discipline colors. Like go, go have fun with your opponent, and uh, then we the rest of us will sit, sit back in our tanks and uh, just shoot stuff. Um, so it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to uh, to trying all this new stuff. Awesome. Well, I, that, I tell you what, that that is a lovely introduction. Um, so basically, what anyone can take away from this is Eric likes to write net listing game, uh, net listing lists, or net gaming lists. He knows <laughs> little about the fluff, uh, which means he is, of course, uh, some sort of list ninja and. Basically, if it's red, he'll like it. So, you know, if you say, my list is red, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically, that, that's how I see it. I mean, tell, tell me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of the, the, the view I get. So, you yeah, know. We, I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. Okay, so, that works. With that said, I, I actually like the fluff. I just never really have the time to read because I, I usually paint whenever uh, I'm doing Warhammer. Uh, we're, te we're, we're teasing you below, Freddie. So we're gonna we're gonna fluff. You're gonna get so fluffed up, it's gonna be amazing. You need to uh, listen to audiobooks while you paint. Yes. But uh, Netflix. Yeah, but audiobooks, mate. Come on, priorities. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Although the way things are going, there might be a, who knows what they'll be out around soon. You know, you got fucking Billy Piper and Doctor Who doing audiobooks at the moment. So fuck yeah. those. Show up on Netflix at some point. Um, but yeah, so but that's that's a great introduction that actually spins nicely into um, just catching up with everyone and what they've been up to. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna spin that over to Freddie and sort of say what you've been up to recently, man. What's what you've been doing hobby wise? Fuck, I can't remember what I said last time. Uh, what last time? There was no last time. Just just do a thing. Okay, uh, uh, 
30k wise, what I've been doing is I've been keep on working on my Adeptus Titanicus. I have also based a few bits of Epic. I have started to sort out my bits for my Marauder Bomber. Finally, after all these decades, I'm going to get built. And also, uh, at the same time, I'm going to do a Thunderhawk. And I have started building a Lehman Russ. Ooh. And then... And then I do some other non-30k hobbies related stuff because I am weird. Well, you, you have you have more than 30k as a hobby, which I, I don't know if is weird, but you know, more gaming. Know. Yeah, I guess well, I, I've started. To, I've started to do the designs for my floating wargaming table. You nice. what now? <laughs> for my, yeah that's fucking awesome yeah so it's going to be a 6 by 4 floating wargaming table nice, uh, nice. Did, didn't we have a conversation about this like way back when when we were trying to work out how to make a table float in a pool yeah I think yeah. so but what I'm trying to do is I'm using my engineering skill and trying to figure out how much kind of, kind of flotation devices I need to have under the table how much how much it's going to dislocate and push the water aside because it can't float too high on onto the onto the water because it's been annoying to play on, and it can't be too low because you'd be affected by the water. So I'm trying to find the correct buoyancies for it and what kind of materials I need to build it for. Nice. You're going to be an Instagram legend when that's done. What the fuck is Instagram? Stop talking about this Instagram shit. It's all right. It's what the kids use these days. Don't worry about it. Yeah, my my kids aren't allowed fucking electronics. <laughs> well, you do live in the woods, don't you? Yeah, it's true. Literally, <laughs> I think there's there's a point where where you're going to be annexing annexing it off and setting up your own country with the size yeah. of the, the size of the place you've got out there, mate. So. Uh, you know, it would be so much to live. It'd just be li living in Freddie's Stad or uh, Fred Freddie Grad or whatever you want to call it out there. <laughs> and here you have to earn your fucking uh, citizenship. Can't be a civilian. Uh, whatever works. Whatever works. Uh, Eric, what have you been up to, model wise, dude? What have you been building? Oh fuck! Um, I'm I'm looking at the table right now. I am in the middle of doing uh, ten Amitara for my uh, Thousand Suns army bought a lot of different um, uh, parts for them all over uh, the internet. I have, I'm building 10 missile launcher dudes also for my uh, Thousand Suns Army. And I'm doing a 10-man Seeker squad on top of that, which you will all hear a lot about later, why that's a really good idea. And then I have four super heavy tanks coming home for my militia army. Yes, you do. So super yes, heavy. so yes, super duper heavy. Yeah. So and then also some molding, which has gone horribly wrong. So I'm trying <laughs> to fix the mold right now without destroying it. Um, if you buy molds that are not made made out of a soft material, don't let the green stuff dry in it because that's a really bad idea. Um, you will spend a lot of time with a hobby knife doing really boring stuff. But, like um, you're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've been spending three hours so far. I'm not even halfway through. Now, but, um, 
and then I've actually had a bunch of really nice people. So shout out to the nice community. I have finally gotten enough uh, Angron Reds to finish my Thousand Suns army. Um, I think I've got close to 30 paints after um, after we uh, after they stopped producing them from people pretty much all over the world wanting to help me finish my army. So I'm really excited about it. So I can actually uh, get to finish it and even add a, a unit or two. Um, Very nice. Yeah. So it's fucking great. I think that's uh, that's it. But a lot of stuff going on, and looking forward to start my militia army. I've been building. Yeah, I've been building some stuff from Biotech, the my campaign too, uh, mainly terrain pieces, a little portal, um, which, yeah, you can I'll probably have it on Instagram somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> And and you know to be honest, for a person not interested in fluff, you've been written, you've been writing a lot of fluff. Oh yes, definitely. So there you go. So you, you you can't get away from it. You are a secret fluffy person. Yeah, but I, I like to make it. I like to make the fluff more than I like to uh, to read it. There's hope for you. I'm, I'm creative. <laughs> Basically, yeah. There's hope for you. Yeah, it's all good. There's yeah, hope for you. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> There is hope for you, that. Yeah. So, so what about you, Jody? What, me? Um, yeah, uh, what have I been working on? Um, finally nailed the color scheme for my militia army. So um, I've been having a chat with Henry Steele from uh, the lovely Cult of Paint about how to, uh, which sort of colors to go with. So I'm actually going to be riffing on my old Empire army. Um, so it's going to be a combination nice. of, sort of like a, a nice, nice purple and uh, tan bone color. Um, also, shout to, shout out to Ryan Kimmel as well because he and I've been bouncing uh, color schemes off each other uh, this week as well. For that, um, finishing building the Sakara Raider, um, which I will put up pictures of at some point once I've got some paint on it, um, even just a base coat so it doesn't look like a hunk of plastic card and green stuff, which is pretty much what it is. Um, and prime that shit. Then yeah, basically different. <laughs> basically, that's the plan. Um, is to just put a chuck, a chuck a load of primer on it so people can see what it looks like. Um, and just clearing through a backlog of uh, other stuff, the commissions and stuff like that for people. Clearing out so I've got a fresh clean start for the beginning of next year. Um, and I think we didn't mention, uh, thing because, okay, quick thing. We're re-recording this due to techno failure and scrap code and crap. Um, but the last time we, we actually talked, we just finished, I think, just finished Raltac um as well so we've been doing the Raltac um your Raltac weekend or one day oh, yeah, that's right that's right which was um which was a lot of fun uh real-time gaming which is coming to the Varangian Heresy event series next year or the yeah. 2019 series and um off the back of that we're gonna have a hell of a good time doing that but I've been I got the chance to GM that at the last uh, last one of your events, and that was a hell of a lot of fun, if not slightly insanity inducing. Um, <laughs> trying to trying to track eleven minute loops until people started getting on tables. It's like, yay, they're on tables. Yeah. I can go on GM, or I can just sit here and let my brain recover for a few minutes because <laughs> that was uh, that's a hell of a thing. But um, a big shout out to Peter as well. Um, uh, we've been he and I have been talking about the. Uh, the tech advances that he's, you guys are putting together for it. Oh, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's going to be a whole new level. That's going to yeah. be a whole new level. 
all so, the now, now you can be a real game master and don't have to worry about anything but uh, game mastering. Yeah, you have to get like the every time someone does a tech advance, you have to do it like in the old Dune game. Tech advance. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I am literally just, we're, we're just, at this very moment in time, we're literally just trying to work out how to time this stuff so it's not a case of having to run around with pieces of paper. Once we get that out of the way, everything else is groovy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, but, that's what we're working Peter, on. Peter is doing some amazing stuff, and uh, I think next time we're doing Raltech, it's going to be where you, uh, you control your army on the big board from your phone, basically. So That's, that's start, the end game, move. isn't it? Yeah, it is, and and we, it's it's probably going to be February before we get the next event done, and I'm fairly sure. Um, I I can of course can't promise one hundred percent, but I'm ninety percent sure that uh, Peter will uh, will have it ready at that time. He said he had some, uh, he had to completely learn new new programming skills, which of course can, uh, yeah. I, it I, sounds I like excuses to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge. But, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a challenge, but uh, he's he's sorting it out really fast. So uh, I I got high hopes for it. Um, it seems like every time I come with to him with a new problem, I'm like, ah, it's it's probably going to be really hard to program. And then like a few days later, he comes back. Well, now I sorted it. Now I know how to do it. Yeah. So um, great guy to have uh, to have helping with this. The joys, the joys of coding. I'm going through that at the moment, which is, uh, yeah, it's a hell of a, it's a hell of a thing. Let's put it like that. Um, it, but uh, yeah, it, it's fun. But yeah, so that was, uh, as far as I'm concerned, hobby-wise, that's what I've been, I've been doing. And uh, you guys just got back from BSK as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, which I think we're going to do an episode on itself at some point soon. So we're not going to probably go into uber depths on it but it was uh it looked like a hell of an event because i couldn't stay up there myself i made a quick flying visit but um yeah so i mean go, oh, go on give everybody a quick heads up of what you about bsk because let's get that out of the way so we give the guys a fair uh i am kingpin fucking princip when it comes to titans uh eric is a whack faggot and uh the traitors won Succinct, to the point, all checks, <laughs> done. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. My, I had a veteran unit that killed for about 3,000 points in three battles. So that, that was amazing. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Just, you know, unit of the month. <laughs> yeah, unit of the month. We'll, we'll go with that one. Definitely going to go with that one. Um, okay, so... <laughs> On so we, we, Magnus has been doing lots of hobby stuff and as well, but as he's currently being wifed at the at the cinema, he's not going to get to say his piece. So we should he's be doing a lot of salamanders. Yes, and if you're interested, in, you can see his whips. I think he's posted them a little bit here and there. Yeah, I think there. I think there's some up in 30k Sweden. Yeah. Um, potentially, if not, we'll we'll definitely. I make think sure. there's, and I also think there is in his album at the Rangin Hersey facebook page sure because he said he was going to put them there so who knows we might be surprised all of us yeah who knows something might show up <laughs> uh we shall see well let's get on to the the um the sort of main bits that we need to do here in the intro and that is uh we have uh or have received some uh, army list help requests um 
apparently people are brave enough to send us these things and or desperate. Well, I was I was going to go no. with desperate, but I thought I thought brave would be nicer um, to begin with, at least. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll start there and and see where we end up. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've got two two lists that we want to go through. So I'm going to crack on with the first one here, and it's from a friend of the show and general all round closet power gamer, um, Mr. Christopher Sat who we, we love to death. He's been on the show a couple of times before. Um, so his message goes as this. Greetings, Brangian Heresy Podcast. I'm, uh, in time into the new year, I'm uh, making a New Year's promise of not starting more than one new Legion. Okay, sorry, that's bull. He'll do about four in the first half an hour of 2019. <laughs> Let's be honest. You can't start like that, Christopher. That's cheating. Um but what he's decided to do is take the plunge and do a Loyalist Empress Children Army. Uh, the main core of it will be uh, to play a running Istvan 3 campaign. Um, so hopefully that will then lead into being unleashed onto the wider Imperium. So already keyed into the fluff there, which is awesome. Um, he'll be doing the main core of it as Assault Marines with a, a focus on close combat. Um because that's what they do. The sophisticated Astartes, it's all about perfection, so he's, he's going for close combat. Um, his fluff is there'll be a separated Third Legion contingent having a series of running battles. And the idea that he has is if they uh, have a Loyalist victory, it represents the Legion, these guys shaking off their pursuers and expand the army. So he's already got some ideas uh, built in that. Um, their future rescue would have gone undetected in the galaxy until now. Um, as it's consumed by the conflagrations of war, and they will strive to fight for the Emperor. If the traitors win, they'll need to, he'll need to come up with some sort of fitting penance for the army, um, and possibly a separate traitor contingent that the Emperor's children will come out of that. Basically, he's looking for an excuse to use cacophony, which I can completely respect. Um, and he also has some Diaz demonettes um, on hand, ready for malevolence to drop, so... I give it six months and it will be a fully traitor list. Just saying that's just me. Um, so as he says, my, so onto the actual question after having prepared for the better part of six months, he's amassed a rather sizable gathering of resin. And the basic idea that he has is as follows. So he's going for a core of two, uh, 15 man assault, uh, assault Marine teams, uh, with a pair of spears interspersed in the squads and arty armor and a spear for the sergeant. Uh, everybody multi-bombed up the wazoo. Uh, a legion champion with jump pack, shield, and spear. Another legion jump pack with a shield and spear. Um, basically, I think he's out there for uh, the the guys out for the glory and trying to potentially get rid of Eidolon and all this sort of stuff he's mentioned here. He's got a Sakaar and Vanitor, pair of Contemptors with Volkite Culverins and Fists, 15 Phoenix Terminators... I like that you put, I got a bundle deal, please don't judge me. What's to judge? What's to judge? They're, the, they're an iconic unit for the army. They're, they're very pretty models. There's nothing to judge about. Um, just don't read into the, my tone of voice. Um, ten Palatine <laughs> Blades. Um, two, Mark IIb, uh, two Mark IIb Rhinos. Uh, one Whirlwind Friendmaker Scorpius. Uh, a smattering of Mark II or Mark III Despoiler Marines. Um, and the idea is he's going to mix them in the squads 
uh, or, or mix them up to make them look like squads that have been forced together. Um, ten Tartarus Terminators, a pair of Apothecaries who can be jump packed up, a Spartan, uh, ten Breaches, and an Anvilus Drop Pod as well. Mm-hmm. So, take a breath for a second. As he writes, now for the above, I reckon um, I can rack up 2,000 points easily. I'm willing to make some small purchases to make it all work, like a tank or a flyer, something along those lines, but would prefer to use what he has. I also have enough bits and command squads, uh, bits and pieces, to kit it out pretty much to any console needed. Um, And um, basically, he's looking at if they make it off-planet... You'll have allied Mechanicum that can come in and boost their forces. Um, so you don't have to use everything from that list. It does have more stuff that can be used. Main emphasis it wants on the assault forces, dueling, uh, a dueling assault force, basically. Um, he's been looking at the Mariscara as a right of war, as well as Outcast Sons. Uh, and Freddy, this is where you're going to come into your element in a minute, giving us a rundown on that. Um, yeah. And he has decals coming in, which is awesome. Uh, he's got the forge, four tubs of Forge World Clear Purple. Nicely nicely scored, mate. Um, and that's what he's looking at getting started. Um, the age of, He's reached out to the Age of Darkness about this. Um, we've got some feedback, great feedback on how to paint them, um, how to represent them. So he wants to keep the, all the guys pristine and shiny. Um, and he's asking, would it be appropriate to have... Sh- Fluff-wise, to have Sonic Shriekers in this type of a force. Um, he recently read Galaxy in Flames. Um, so he, he said, you can imagine if I modified Warriors sli- um, slightly um, or slighting Eidolon um, and getting the axe or getting in there. But is that stretching it? Love to the podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All, all the good stuff, all the, all the lovelies. Um, so I think we've got to swing this straight away over to our... Emperor's children, and go, Freddy. Mm. Yep. Oh, well, you 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 missed one. One thing. Did I miss one? What did I miss? P is how should I base them? Clear basis. Ah oh, yes, P. P how should I base them? I, I I thought it was a given that it was going to be clear basis, so I, I I'm sorry, I just skipped that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so take it away, man. Don't paint them. And use base them on clear basis. Yeah. And feel what the fuck you want. <laughs> No, I was kidding. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna try and remember what I said because I, I remember we had like a fucking hour-long talk about this. <laughs> so, but uh, off the bat, I'll, I'll start from the bottom, uh, going into painting stuff. Uh, I think that both all three of us can agree to that. Don't use the fucking clear purple because that paint will last for nothing. It will yeah, not be enough. You'll basically be able to do maybe 50 guys and no tanks or five five tanks or something. Uh, so it, the clear paints, they take a lot of paint. Um, so, so don't use that. Don't use that. You'll yeah. be sad when you're halfway through or a third of the way through. Uh, uh, I use uh, Hex Delition for mine. Um, mm-hmm which is, I could recommend, like, it's a good purple. I actually know that uh, some people think that Tamaya purple isn't good enough, but I like the Tamaya purple. It's decent. Uh, if you're going to use clear, if you really want to do a metallic scheme and use the clear one, just use the 
the fucking what's it called? I'm actually gonna stretch for the bottle here. Gucci uh, Violet will yeah. be a bit matte, but if you get a clear uh, gloss varnish on there, you can work work up the clearness that you want using gloss varnish. Just building or, up with the GW Gucci Violet wash is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, just like you use it for the iron hands. Yeah. It's just that it won't have the same pinkish, what do I say, pinkish purple, if that makes sense. Because it will be more bluish purple. Yeah. Towards the, it, it, in, in the color spectrum, it goes towards more dark color than it goes towards the light color that the, the per, like the Forge World purple does. Which means yeah. that, and, and I think that just, no, just get a purple that you know that you can get enough purple so you can paint the entire army. And the good thing about like game color from Vallejo or anywhere else, like you, you mix them with pink and you can get that perfect match of purple that you like. So, but definitely don't use because don't start an army with a company of paints that you will never get hold of again. And you'll have one unit that looks exactly the way you want it. And then the rest of the army, you'll say, what the fuck am I going to do now? Which Eric, yeah. we completely attest to, right? Yeah. Being a Thousand Suns players, I know how it feels when Angon Red is suddenly gone. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's uh, just, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Seriously. It's fucking yourself over. Um, yeah, so definitely. Yeah. So what, what you can do is, uh, usually what I do, when I when I try the painting scheme, I get like one one of those side hatches you get left over for a rhino. And you probably saw that when we painted the knights. I just paint like a couple of the different shades, and then I compare them, and then I can see, and then I try to mix them because usually you use the same colors, kind of like at least the same base if you go in different purples, and then then you can try to add on more more dark purple. You can add more more you know pink in it, or you can mix them around, and you can do like like some sort of layers and you, you pick the and you finally will hit that shade and the most important thing once you do that write down the fucking mix ratio yeah don't, don't go like a crazy chemist and mix paints left right and center do like oh now i put in four drops to this and then fucking write that shit down and if, if you're super smart then you get like uh, empty dropper bottles and you mix them up in batches yeah, I, I would mix enough for the whole army if I, if you don't yeah. mix paint. And, and you do that straight away. I didn't do that for my militia, and it took me a whole fucking week to get the right shades of green and the right shades of grey for the tanks. And yeah. after that, I fucking wrote it down because I hated myself, and I, I kind of beat myself up, and I was so fucking retarded that every single every single other project I wrote written down how the fuck I painted them. <laughs> But the one project that involves billions and billions of fucking miniatures, I did not write it down. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so do that. So definitely get like some spare shit of uh, stuff. Find and um, find the perfect purple that that you like. I can give you my recipe, and I know uh, uh, I have Stuart's recipe for the stuff that he's done to me uh, for me as well. Uh, I think that he he's is a bit darker than the one I do, but you can hardly see the difference. But I think if you use that recipe as your base, and then basically you um, experiment by just changing uh, the ratios between the colors to find the perfect shade for you. 
but yeah, the, the most important thing to take out of this, use paints that are in stock and available and easy to buy. You should be able to yeah. just go down to Alpha Spell or your local fucking brick and mortar hobby shop and buy the fucking paints. Otherwise you're gonna, yeah, you're just gonna shoot yourself in the foot and the project would never even start before. Exactly. So that's my first, that's my first rant. <laughs> and luckily Eric agrees. My second rant, rant is, I don't agree with Miles, and I know I already talked to uh, Miles about this after after I listened to the episode when he he said this, and I said I reckon it should be the opposite. If he he's going to do with loyalist emperor children, that would be the one force that I would see fucking weathered the shit out of, because they are scruffy looking, they're not getting resupplied by legions, they're on the run. Basically, the way he's written the fluff. They went down to fucking Istvan 3. You know what happened at Istvan 3, Christopher? They fucking virus bombed that shit, and then it was a huge ball of fire that probably fucked up everyone. <laughs> so they are a bit scruffy looking, right? Because <laughs> they've been wading through shit. They get no resupply, and they're fighting this guerrilla war against uh, the traitors. So they shouldn't be pristine. They should be anything but pristine. They should look all fucked over. And actually, you should, if you do a bit like Eric Goldman, and be be really cunning about this uh, for uh, for people that don't know Eric Oman's Istvan Five Force is Raven Guard, and he's using as part of his fluff, he has pieces of armor painted in other Legion colors that has been scavenged from the battlefield, usually traded out, so they have like pauldrons from the Sons of Horus or whatnot, uh, because they're basically is doing field repairs and trying to scavenge what the fuck they can. So something like that could could set them aside, or if you don't want to do that, just make sure that you weather them. Uh, so that would yeah. be my my go through the thing. Because if you want to do loyalists and you want to do Istvan three, uh, if you're running an Istvan three campaign as loyalists, they should be they shouldn't come out of this looking fucking nice. They would be pristine inside the drop pod for ten minutes, and then then they then be spent like you just read galaxy in flames so you know that they've been <laughs> they spend a few hours fucking killing cultists and weird psychic screaming ladies and then suddenly someone fucking bombards them from orbit and then it's been a fireball and then now they're suddenly fighting their brothers so they shouldn't look like they just came out of a parade ground <laughs> they should be a bit scruffy looking i mean but, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say, just jump in there i mean at worst case if you seriously seriously want to keep them looking as clean as possible, then focus on the feet and the lower legs. They should be stomping through dust and ash. And if you take, you know, if you work a little bit on, you know, you putting some, uh, you know, weathering powders up on, you know, shoulder pads and joints and you know, little bits here and there to show that they're collecting ash, you can at least start there. Um, I know if, you, yeah. if that's what you've got in your head, you can find that you can find a medium, but, it, it will jar a little bit. Like Freddie says, it, you know, they literally, they're going to be in the shit from five seconds yeah. after getting out of a drop pod or, you know, a uh, drop ship or whatever. So there is a point where the Empress children do always look their best, but they can't defeat the environment. You know, they have to, they, they will pick up dirt and dust. So have a look at the feet, have a look at the lower legs for sure. Yeah, um, like you read the book and if you read... Uh... Um, I almost said Eidolon, but Fulgrim and stuff, you'll see that they are pragmatic, like in the war they do what they have to do like they don't care, they look like shit in the end because they have a job to do and 
their mission focus foremost and, and, and out of everything so they're not gonna they're, they're gonna you know rub themselves off when they have a chance but when they're fighting they're focusing on fighting so they're not gonna fucking get a cloth out and clean their fucking armor unless there's a lot in the fight but the regardless if they're cleaning it the chipping won't disappear so you can you can start like if you're scared about chipping just do a little bit of chipping like that like jody said do around like yeah just pick like a few explosive parts like where where you think that they will take bullets bullets like the shoulder guards lower legs a bit you know knee knee pads because they will be crunching down on a knee take a knee you know as good soldiers do you always take a fucking knee so they, they will be scruffy around there. So you just do that. Maybe don't go over the board. Like they don't have to look like they've been rowing around in the firestorm. But they should have taken... A, either way, they should have taken some beating fighting the cultists. So they should have a little bit of shipping. And and obviously, like in Galaxy in Flame, the, the thing that they keep talking about when they talk about the environment is fucking soot everywhere. So you just do, like Jody said, like get at least some soot down at the feet and the bases, maybe up a bit towards the knee because they're wading through that shit and get heaps of fucking skulls on the bases and don't yeah, be, and don't be for an unfluffed person like me if you say it's something from istvan and it's not dirty i'm gonna I, even i would be like didn't something happen there that involved dust and shit um <laughs> so, yeah so so yeah get get at least some weathering on seriously because uh if if you're doing it as a theme, I I would notice it at least if you when you did also the best paint and awards and stuff like that, uh, because it, it it wouldn't really fit the theme at all, um, which is often an important thing, in my opinion, um, when you're doing the the painting assessments. Yeah. Well, my my world eaters are based on Istvan the traders and Istvan three traders and the way i painted them is that they just landed because i'm trying to capture the time when the drop pods lands and they uh, they just rush out so i've done like the shipping and the dirt to a minimum and they basically chopped everyone has started to go into the enemy and so I've, i modeled them so they're all kind of running just like they're all kind of emptying the drop pods they're on their way and they they just getting into the business so that you can see that first start of chipping has happened like the first start of blood splatter the first start of dust is picking up obviously if you took the same unit an hour later they would look like fucking caked in blood and shit and stuff but yeah that's how that's the the fluff behind my army uh and it's a drop pod uh, assault list so that that's how i imagine the painting scheme works it so i think that you need to think about the painting scheme and what exactly kind of story do you want to tell because you you kind of Besides how you build the army, painting is also a way to tell the story. So definitely have a look at that and think of, think again about chipping. Is the thing, chipping and weathering is one of the funniest part of painting. That's what I think anyway. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, too. <laughs> I mean, don't. The other thing is, don't miss the opportunity to have a little bit of fun with the base and maybe throwing the old marine body down there yeah. um, and paint them up again as. Empress children or world eaters or whatever, you know, you've got the opportunity to throw in, um, throw in a little bit of fun here and there. Um, uh, cause that, that's, I, I know myself uh, on my, uh, my, my bases, I don't have anything really Marine related. Um, it, usual casualties are just like human skulls and, 
you know, I've got, I think my commander has like a broken night cockpit and that's about it. Um, and I don't really see it outside of the Forge World special characters. Um, so it might be nice just to I'd put that on the base as well, because it would really tie in nicely with the theme. Um, yeah. And if you're, if you're painting, to be fair, if you're painting uh, Empress Children anyway, you might as well get them done while they're on the base. Um, so you can have some fun with that. And again, just apply tons of weathering on there and stuff. Um, yeah, we, we also, last time we talked about the bases, uh, I think we got to a consensus that it should probably be a bluish gray. Yeah. Mainly because the blue will uh, fit in with the purple. Um, yeah. Otherwise, we, if, if we wanted to fit in with purple, we we're talking a red, which does not fit Istvan. Uh, yeah. so, so a dark blue color to, uh, to match up if you do a light... Uh, a light purple on the on your models. If yeah, you I mean, go for a really dark army, you might not need to lighten up the bases a bit. I was looking at um, just a sort of a, a basic gray to work with. A good one is Mechanicus. Um, Mechanicus standard gray. I don't know if that's still in the GW range. I'm literally looking at it now. Probably is, but named something different. Yeah, name something again. Different. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm literally looking at all the gray, the gray section now, but. Basically, a nice. The funny thing is, when you're using, as well, when you're using weathering powders, unless you go for something really dark, you can get away with doing a really nice contrast by having a really sort of dark base coat on the base, and then applying a lighter weathering powder over the top, and it will looks really nice. Um, so yeah, Mechanica Mechanica Standard Grey. It's a nice base coat. It's solid. It's got that sort of blue gray tint to it. Or possibly even the Fang. Um, that's another one from the GW range. Um, that's slightly more of a blue tint to it. Um, so both of those could work quite nicely as a base uh, with some weathering powders over the top. So they would look very, very cool. What about the yeah. list itself? Have you guys, uh, you guys sort of tackled that? Yeah. Uh, I realize that this is stuff that he wants to do. Um but well, same with the with the painting, the list needs to tell the story as well. And I see a few things that pops out to me that I would probably not have in the list. Uh, seeing as there's just been a massive fucking fireball going through, there wouldn't be that much armor around. And the first unit that dropped down, like with the Empress Children, they didn't have, they, unlike the Death Guard, they didn't deploy a lot of their armored vehicles uh, in the Istvan 3 campaign because that was more of a Death Guard kind of job. And the, yeah. So, and, and also to keep with the fluff going, that this, this is actually a list that needs to be evacuated later. Going into that, out of the two rights of war that he's having, I would probably look at the Maroscara because the Maroscara would really fit the story awesomely here because he will have uh, the open blade which will be his units on the board and the units on it on the board would be basically the stuff that got dropped down at east one three straight away uh they will they will be his assault marines his mixed fucking uh, um uh, what do you call it the, the spoiler squads and stuff and contemptors and whatnot the stuff that went down in drop pods the drop pods are now fucking burning hockey fucking pieces of shit because of the orbital bombardment and, 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 and fucking firestorm, so he doesn't have to worry about transport for that because that doesn't feel fit to flow. 
The, the Phoenix Terminators obviously teleported down, so you don't have to worry about that either. Uh, same with the Palatine Blades. Obviously, they went down there as well. And then, if everyone remembers the flight of the Eisenstein, and also Galaxy in Flames, how the message went up and down, and how people fucking hijacked uh, Thunder, Thunderhawk spaceships and shit, going up and down trying to save uh, people off the planet, trying to get a message to the Emperor, so on and so on. Uh, obviously, the entire story is focusing on the Eisenstein. We, we have no idea if anyone else got off the fucking planet besides that, because, you know, it's from the point of the narrator. Uh, but in Christopher's story here, we could have nothing says that 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 a fucking storm eagle went down with uh, breachers down to the surface and kind of organizes a, a, a kind of dust off rescue mission. So I'm kind of picturing the hidden blade breachers and stuff coming down in storm eagles. To try and pick them up because after after this Istvan three campaign, he is kind of going to be a loyalist legion on the run. So they they they're trying to get off. So they can't have disposable shit like drop pods. Uh, it will be fucking hard to get a Spartan and Rhinos off planets in the middle of fucking Istvan three. <laughs> you know, it was hard enough to get a Thunderbolt off there, or I mean a Thunderhawk off there. Uh, so it's going to be chaos. So it's going to be fast, uh, fast small ships trying to get off and trying to hook up with kind of like some small cruiser or frigate up in or destroyer up in space and trying to fucking warp out of there. So they're not going to. They're, they're just going to leave all the fucking heavy equipment behind. So if this is going to be an army that's going to keep on moving in the story, unfortunately, I would get rid of the Sikaron. I would get rid of the fucking rhinos, the whirlwind, and the Spartan. Yeah, However, the Spartan say, definitely has no place there. <laughs> yeah, the Spartan is too. However, if you manage to do it into kind of like the rhinos, because you have a dedicated transport for rhinos, you have the Thunderbolt, Thunderhawk transporter. It's an easy vehicle. They could probably pick that up later on in the story. They, they, it could be scavenged rhinos. It could be loyalist Emperor Shulin that they've taken. Like Rhino is such a fucking bread and butter vehicle. They can get hold of other rhinos. They're allied with the mechanic, and maybe they built them some fucking rhinos, repaired some wrecks that they got off some other planet or whatnot. But like pristine kind of specialist equipment, like the Spartan and the Venator, is a bit harder. The whirlwind, yeah, because that's kind of a rhino chassis. Maybe they had one of those lying around. It's just that how, how I'm seeing this going from... That would be an escalation part of the force. It would be stuff that has been repaired uh, by the Mechanicum. And also, with that in mind, at Istvan 3, I will run the Contemptors as normal Contemptors. After Istvan... Three, I would run them as quarters contemptors, and I would write the fluff why they're degraded in fucking, you know, why they become worse contemptors. Just because it's hard for the for the mechanicum and and for the allied mechanicum force. Obviously, the mechanicums are are more confused. So they, so my idea here is that they are searching sanctuary at this mechanicum uh, faction because they've been talking prior to Istvan. They've been you know, worried about what's going on. The word is passing around. 
and 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 the mechanic realized, okay, well, we're gonna at first opportunity, we're gonna fucking leave this fleet and try to get a word to Mars. But obviously, Mars is also a traitor, but they don't know about it, and that's why we don't know any more about this the storyline about this Empress Trillion thing because their word about the betrayal gets to someone that's already a traitor. If you know, a fabricator general has already sided with the war master. So no one hears their kind of, you know, desperate plea that, oh, fuck, Horus is turning side because, yeah, fabricator general is just like, yeah, that's fine. We're going to tell the Empress straight away. Not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a story how they get off planet. So they don't hijack like an Empress or anything. They get, uh, they go into like an, a Mechanicum ship, they lie in hiding, and the Mechanicum breaks for the warp later on. And that Mechanicum factor probably should be focused on old-school Mechanicum stuff, like repairing vehicles and, and, and things. So get, like, servitors, get tech priests, and, and things that can actually do repair roles in your army for your allied detachment there. And that will explain why you have some of these vehicles still working, because they have scavenged in order to build them in the ship or whatnot. But yeah, definitely not the Spartan, definitely not the Venator, because it's in the fluff. They're they're super complicated vehicles. So that that that's about it. That's solid. I mean, you know, I yeah. I, I like um, I like the idea of him, you know looking at scavenged vehicles um, in the long run. Uh, depending on how his actual narrative turns out, when he, if he's playing the the narrative series, um, so that that could be interesting. I mean, I don't know as a player if you particularly want to paint up um, other legion stuff and use it and show it more in a shattered legion sort of theme. Well, it, it doesn't really have to do it. It's just make sure that they are fucking weathered because <laughs> they're yeah. they're repaired. <laughs> they're repaired all all over again. It would be. I mean, it could be interesting to see if that could, you know, if if you can come across stuff like that, you know, a salvaged world hmm. eaters anvilus or something, just to, you know, literally, they the beggars can't be choosers. They're behind enemy lines. They've got to make do with what they can. Um, and you know, with things like the uh, Venator and stuff like that, um, <clears throat> having that come in for again purely narrative basis potentially one or two fights because they've scavenged it and if it gets blown up and explodes you don't use it for the next couple of uh, goes with the army list because there's no way they're going to repair it they've got to try and scavenge a new one um, you know stuff like that put some of those sort of maybe put some of those flush, fluff restrictions yeah. on like it, if if he really wants to have the ambulance obviously he wants to put the palatine blades in there uh, it could be like when the those breachers and whatever, because normally breacher was stationed on spaceships and stuff because of some metallic fighting and whatnot. Imagine like troop, like marine, proper marines, garrison uh, uh, destroyer or, or whatever. After so like fighting on the ship, they're still loyal, so they take a fucking imagine Star Wars fucking escape pod. So they jump in an analyst and hit down, you know, down to the other loyalists at the surface. The rest guys, they used to fight at the docking bay, steal fucking storm eagles, and goes down to their mates and say, like, wow, fuck, we, we need to get a word to them, and we need to get the fuck out of here. Um, so, and, and then in the fluff, they could be, like, they can find an ambulance buried deep within the whatever that hasn't been totally defucked by the firestorm and whatnot, uh, and the Mechanicum dude, like, 
He should have a tech marine in this. There's your allies. Uh -huh. Because that would make sense that he's the tech marine is repairing all these ships, and that will explain why there is a why they have ties to the mechanicum ship that they're escaping with. That would explain why they have uh, been able to salvage a couple of vehicles. Yeah. A tech marine can fucking fix a rhino. He won't be able to fix a Spartan or a Venator, but that would at least give the at least. Yeah, that will give the story, and, and he could probably retrofit the fucking ambulance to fly up again. You know, out of the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like he's stretching it maybe a little bit. But, but uh, if you look at it from a gameplay pr perspective, I think I would go for... Uh... For a storm eagle instead of the ambulance, actually. Yeah. Uh, the, the the thing is with this army, you are gonna have one unit landing in turn one in middle. It's a close combat unit, so we must assume it's gonna land in the enemy deployment zone or close to. Um, which means basically you have just told your enemy what unit to shoot at first, and if it takes full fire from a whole army in turn one you are most likely not going to have that. The transport is going to be dead, that's for sure. The unit inside is likely almost dead or or even just dead. Uh, the problem here is that you will not be able to get all your other units into combat before turn three, because if you deep strike or if you, um, or if you need to walk over the table, well, then it's no earlier than turn three. So if you want to make it fit into your army, then having a storm eagle that will usually come in in turn two and then be able to assault in turn three will make your whole army a threat at the same time instead of having like the units come in one at a time waiting to get killed off um so yeah think about a storm eagle instead of the drop pad and and if you run the mariscara uh and and you think about the fluff obviously the loyalist will be entrenched as we remember the big fucking massive battle that happens. Uh, you can have uh, an Aegis defense line with a comms relay to help you get the fucking Storm Eagle. Yeah, exactly. And you need some kind of reroll for it. Else, else you're going to have every third battle on average is going to go crap because the Storm Eagle won't enter in turn one or in turn two, sorry. Um, so so if if you also it's it is fun to also win with the army um so definitely make sure to uh, to bring some kind of reroll or or a Dam damocles tank could also work for plus one to uh, two reserve rolls um it's is a rhino it's rhino based so basically still fits with the fluff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean all that works and i think that you know, I don't. I don't think there's a whole lot more to actually say on, on that for Chris. I mean, there's a hell of a lot of information to take in there, from painting to playing to you know the whole nine yards. So, um, I would say, Chris, Chris, would have have a listen to it, see what you think. If you've got any feedback for us or anything, you, any thoughts on it, drop us a mail again, man. And let us know, and we'll we'll come back and revisit it. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing how it gets done and how it gets played out. And hopefully seeing it at some uh, some of our events next year, because that would be very very cool. There's a, a loyalist Empress Children army. Because uh, have we seen anybody play loyalist Empress yeah, Children? Pat Patrick from uh, Denmark plays one, but he's been on a two year break now from Horus Heresy. 
So, um, but he he has been showing up at a few events in uh, in Malmo at least with it. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. So I was just a little, I was just a little, I was just a little worried that he'd had um, he'd had sort of maybe he'd faced custodes or something. Uh, oh, no, no, so no, no. He's a uh, break. No, <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's uh, he's going for yeah, to be a football coach, hopefully for the national team at some point. So, oh wow, uh, Jesus! But yeah, so he he just got other things. At well, the moment. You know, when when the country calls, doesn't matter where it is, it's got to it's got to count. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But hey, he so, got me into the hobby, so. Uh, oh, it's yeah. his fault then, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You you can blame him. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Well, let's move on to the to the next list then. And Freddie, have you got the details there in front of you? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, uh, hi guys. Um, uh, this is an Alpha Legion militia list um, from Chris. Uh, Chris, Chris number two. <laughs> uh, hi guys. Hope you're all well. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind having a review of my list. I want to run it for Company of Legends next year, so we're not too late. That's good. <laughs> as well as submitting it as my entry for the Geno Five Two Alternative Armies. I want to run a dark compliance, and I would prefer my militia to be more on the elite side of things than just a horde of meat shields. I figure that running Alpha Legion with them is pretty solid for fluff, given the <laughs> events of the Legion and Genome Five Two and the Legion book. <laughs> so, I have a good amount of Alpha Legion. I'm working on the militia side of things. I'm open to changes uh, to make it a good all-around list. I expect dealing with super heavies Primark is probably going to be the weakest. Of area of the list any thoughts or suggestions are greatly appreciated hope for it to be a discussed on a future show if you want thanks again chris and i do have his list here which i managed to zoom in last time why can't i zoom now zoom zoom you bastard <laughs> or not technology failing apparently so <laughs> But there we go. I assumed it a little bit. Okay, so it's a 3,000-point army list. Uh, and for people that aren't familiar with the armies of Dark Compliance, we should probably go through that first, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's basically you have to have a, a primary detachment. It's made of a unit from Legion Crusades or Militia Cult Army List. Uh, uh, any units. So you can mix Legion uh, units and Militia called army units in your primary detachment. Uh, it, however, it has to have a Praetor or Centurion as the Warlord. It has to be Traitor. It can't use any rights of wars. And the Legion of Stardew rules do not carry over to the Militia. However, they count as the same army. So obviously, if you have some sort of Warlord trait for your Praetor that makes something fearless or fear or whatever, it carries over to the Militia. You it's like, you know, because it's all the same army. Uh, you're, you're not allowed to take more units of legion than militia, so it has to be either lots of militia or uh, or you can have 50-50. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can't take disciplined cadres, the, the nice cattle prodding uh, militia units that are JP's favorite. Uh, uh, however, uh, the fun part is... All the Space Marines get plus one cover save if you shoot at them through a militia unit. But the unit takes D3 wounds with no AP value. Kind of like the old Grots in 40k. 
you know, when you had the uh, red chins in front of your orcs and you had that orc shield and you shot through them and the, uh, the Gretchen's took, cover, uh, took wounds instead. And also you can give your uh, militia units disposable rule for free, which is basically what your levy has. So if any, so you can give any of your militia units that if they die, they don't count towards victory points. Drawback with that is that they're no longer scoring, so it's kind of a, like a double-edged sword. But it could be nice in, in certain missions when it's not about holding objectives, but kill points. So, uh, in this army, Chris has a militia headquarter, which is a force commander. Um, and he's going to run it together with a platoon command uh, cadre. Uh, he's running uh, for he's running survivors of the Dark Age and Warrior Elite. So basically, everyone has what is it, like plus one leadership, I think. Plus one leadership. Yeah. Uh, they've got plus so one to their armor saves. Yeah, and, and they, they get advanced weapon access as well. Yeah, better weapons, get some rhinos and some fucking um, land raiders and shit. Uh, so basically, he has a Iron Halo, Cyber Familiar, Power Weapon, Carplace Armor, uh, Warrior Elite. I think we're going to go through the list and then we'll go through each ever option and say what's, yeah. what, what one thing they would change because already now I see something that. It's it's uh, a waste of five points, but anyway, uh, uh, in the platoon command cadre, he has the lieutenant that has a refractor field, the carpet's armor, uh, advanced weapons, and an orox, which is the cool little fucking mega rhino, mini rhino. Uh, then he has a praetor, which is obviously the warlord. He has a mastercrafted paragon blade, iron halo, and power dagger because he wants that extra attack. From a special weapon, the Alpha Legion backstabbing knife thingy. Uh, he has a apothecary with artificer armor. Then, when we go to troops, he has a tactical squad of uh, 18 Marines, Bex Vox, extra close combat weapon, power fist, and power dagger on the sergeant. And they're going to be riding with the Praetor and the apothecary in a Storm Eagle that we're going to talk about later on. Next troop choice is a grenade squad, a grenadier squad, uh, in an Oryx, the sexiest tank in the heresy. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> they have a Vexilla, last rifle, and advanced weapons. Then he has another grenade squad, which is exactly the same. A fire support squad with five teams with last cannons. So that is probably his anti-tank right there. And then he has a, ooh, a recon squad, militia, last rifle, infra visors. Well, that has to stay, regardless of what we say. That one cannot leave the army. No, it, ne it needs to be in the wild. That's just how it is. Uh, and then he has a, a Marines tactical squad, 10 Marines, Vex Vox, extra close combat weapon, power fist, uh, power dagger. Uh, they're in a Rhino with Dosa Blade and Multimelta, a classic. Uh, and then for fast attack, he has a Thunderbolt with uh, ground tracking auguries and flare shields. Another Thunderbolt with ground tracking auguries and flare shields. Uh, last fast attack is a Storm Eagle with Multimelta and Last Cannons. And then for heavy support, he has two Lamorosses with multi laser Dosa Blades and extra armor. And then he has an Ordnance Battery 
with two Medusas, an extra crew, and a Scorpius with those blades, and an Aegis defense line with Comms Relay to get those Thunderbolts and Storm Eagle in, like we said, with other Chris lists. So he needs a fucking Comms Relay <laughs> for all the Storm Eagles that we're going to force him to buy. Yes. Okay. So what do we think about that, Eric? Yes. Um, in, in general, I like the list a lot. Um, there are there are a few things that I, I don't think are necessary should maybe be changed. Um, as, as we talked about last time, of course, um, if we start from the top, the Force Commander, he has a 3 plus in one save. So there is no reason to buy a Carapace armor for him at all. Yeah. There's no point for him to buy extra for a 3 plus because the Carapace no. armor becomes one extra three, because yeah. it's yeah. more of an A 3 plus or a 3 plus. You rather, yeah. Like, yeah. Also, um, when you save those five points, then give him a power fist instead, because the the character he has strength three, um, with a power weapon you're not gonna wound anything. He has not really good initiative. I don't. Know, is it four? He has. No, three. 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 It's weapon skill three, uh, initiative three. Yeah. Basically, he's... two attacks. Uh, yeah. it's, it's absolutely useless. Yeah, throw him a power fist. He's way, way better off with that. Um, drop the carapace armor, so he still costs the same. Um, you then took uh, what, uh, Warrior Elite and Survivors of the Dark Age. Yeah. I would actually uh, go with uh, 15 points cheaper Alchem Jackers instead of Warrior Elite. And my reason for doing that is that this army is uh, it's you might give it plus one leadership but it's still pretty low leadership you can still run a lot uh, alchem jackers is basically so you will never leave you can only get pinned by shooting if you uh, if you get um, into close combat you stop on which is with militia better than having plus one leadership because you are going to lose people in close combat even against bad units Fuck loads um, of units, yeah. <laughs> as, as, as I can attest to at BSK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the thing is, yeah, I don't, I know the name is not Warrior Elite or anything special, but you could make up a background saying it's not because they're drugs, they're fearless, or yeah, not fearless, but you know, uh, they're in their mind, they're fearless. They're like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm just gonna go into. Well, they they could have. Uh, even higher training than more elite. It's just that they they are just diehards. Yeah. They they don't they don't give up. And and also because they alchem jackers is because they you can actually if you write it and don't make it alchem jackers, you can say that the reason they are there is not the drugs. It's the fear of the fucking marine overseers. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. they have to perform in front of the marines. Yeah, so so basically, it's it's I I saved you fifteen points on that, and you now got a way better character, which can actually kill stuff in close combat too. And you will get him a second fist. Yes, it's exactly. double McFisto. That's how I run my my bad bitch of a militia. Two fists are always better than one. Yeah, and we will find more points for you in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in general, the tanks they're cool. Uh, the 
you know the squats and the aurox tanks yeah. um the tanks are really cheap so if you need to block like a death star well jump out of the tank park the aurox right in front of the spartan and the spartan will have to spend a turn either shooting it down or unloading whatever it has inside which will cost them to lose a turn or two killing it getting back into the spartan moving on uh, or a land raider for that sake so uh you use the aurox and cheap transport you have in the army to uh, to block stuff you're mainly shooting so um yeah remember to use the, that tactic um when we look down on the list it's the only other thing i really see is the scorpius tank um you have a really high armor the tanks that are there are high armor value except for the scorpius uh i know it's 13 front but it's 12 10 so it's it's quite easy to kill if you just get into the side of it um so or shoot some ordinance i mean yeah, uh bar barrage weapons yeah, exactly. People are going to focus that Scorpius. Um, so I think the points are way better spent buying the th a third Medusa battery instead. Um, because the Medusa battery has toughness 7. You cannot run from shooting. Worst case, it gets pinned and you can't shoot. Um, so Which is going to happen with the Scorpius as soon as it is shaken anyway. Um so I'd put in a third Medusa battery instead. Uh, you could even, uh, as you remove the Scorpius, you could even put it in like uh, an extra battery by itself. Um, that that way you can uh, you can shoot at different targets, and you still have toughness seven, and it's really really hard to get through. Yeah, and what I learned from Adepticon, like he, he, I assume he's gonna have the Aegis defense log and have the Medusas behind there. Then, yeah, yeah. then they're basically fucking. Unless you, they get close, close assaulted, they are, they're gonna stay there forever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, and then we talked about last time. I remember the the super strong shots from the Medusa cannons. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, if you want to go, it depends on how you want to play. If you want to be strong anti tank. Then you can go for uh, for the AP one Medusa rounds. The downside to them is the blast. It's a small blast instead of last blast, and it's not barrage. So you need to be able to actually see what you're shooting. And as we talked about last time, seeing what you're shooting with those cannons can be really hard um, because the whole unit can only shoot at one target. They take up a lot of space, so it's really really easy to hide from them. Mm -hmm. um, so so I would probably not go for the AP1 shells, but uh, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Yeah. Well, that's that's where we... Uh, uh, I would probably drop the flare shields on the Thunderbolts and upgrade the Limerosses to Demolishers. Because oh, then yeah. you'll have... That, and, and if you go for the third fucking Medusa, that means that you have five large templates, strength 10 AP2. And that is nasty. Because yeah. you want you want you want that instant kill for uh, marines, so the apothecary can't help you, or you won't be able to. You can even in, instant kill fucking uh, Thalax, which is nice. And yeah, AP two is awesome against terminators. And you like the opponent might be able to avoid your witness battery, but you can counter that with your Lima Russes because they can move and you can now suddenly you can co cover two fronts 
with your uh, blasts, which is really good. And you don't really need the flare shield. Fuck it. Just ask Sebastian at BSK. The flare shield did fuck off for him. So. Yeah, because <laughs> it's yeah. like at the side and the back and shit. It's, yeah. You, Freddy, you yeah, mentioned something. About, you mentioned something about the the Lehman Rust tanks because I remember when we talked about this last time. We yeah. Talked about the Lehman Rust tanks and possibly just instead of going with the the battle cannons, throwing on demolisher cannons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was suggesting battle cannons last time. That's right. Um, the battle cannons are good because of the long range. So it, it kind of depends on, yeah, how, how your play style is. If you like to stand back uh, in far away from your enemy, then battle cannons is the way to go. If you want to be a little more ballsy and uh, go ahead, <laughs> then uh, then demolish your cannons. Because uh, the I'm, thing I'm... is. I'm just trying to look at the way that the the list that he's got now, how how it comes across as being played, um, and pretty much everything is apart from like the heavy support, uh, the fire support squads, and the recon squad. Everything's wrapped in some form of mobile armor. So why not? I, I, it just gets the feeling that this isn't going to be a list that's going to sit still. You're going to have yeah. a ba back e back end element. You're going to have the support tanks. Uh, the sorry, the the fire support squad. Potentially the Scorpius staying back and hiding. Um, and like you said, Freddie, I think it was like the Medusas behind the, or the Ordnance Battery, yeah, behind the Aegis defense line. But everything else is rolling forward, so you might as well... I'm just thinking, what, why not switch the Demolisher Cannons? Because they're going to be the death of Terminators and anything in Armour 2, uh, 2 up, basically. And you're going to be moving them, so you might as well, you know... Do that as an option. The way, just the way, if it feels like the yeah. way this force is going to well, get. Well, it's it's not going to be shooting that multi laser a lot. <laughs> that's my choice. No, exactly. <laughs> so that's going to say again. That's you know. I mean, it's that doesn't it doesn't even cost anything if I remember rightly. So you're not really saving points. But I just think for the main main armor, go with go with the demolisher cannons. It's going to make make more sense with this this whole army sort of rolling forward. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll like I, I've always been proved. Drop, drop the fucking flare shields. Get the demolisher cannons for the Limarosses. Drop the Scorpius. Get an extra Medusa because that's badass and way more survivable than the Scorpius. And fire support, they're nice. Uh, you don't really need like I, I always go for uh, the missile launchers because uh, I usually lack anti-air <laughs> and I never trust my Thunderbolt to do anything. So, but last kind of good because you, you do lack, besides big templates, you do lack some sort of anti-tank and people are fucking scared of last kind of. Uh, the one thing though, however, what I would do, uh, I would actually get uh, three militia apothecaries because you, the minimum is three and they cost fuck all points. I think it's 60 points. And yeah, put them all really and put them all into the fucking um, the heavy support squads, and then put <laughs> two of them are just there to take the first two hits, <laughs> and the third one is there to actually patch people up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so ablative ablative wounds, and then somebody actually running around jabbing people with uh, stim packs and throwing. Or, or uh, if you if you want to be nice, you can actually get one in the command squad as well. You know. If you want to be nice, if you yeah. want to be nice, and for the Oryxes, I would probably give them all like the heavy stubber is useless. I would give them a heavy flamer because then that is 
probably one of the best weapons you can put on Oryx. Well, the if you're a militia, <laughs> I guess. Oh, you mean he heavy flamer, you mean? Yeah. Sorry, I had I, my brain suddenly. I was look, literally looking at the rules and saw heavy stubber when you said that. I was like, best weapon possible? No, no, heavy, heavy <laughs> flamer. <laughs> heavy flamer for the, the fucking stubber itself, maybe, but. It, it, uh, it, is, it is militia. <laughs> no, but a heavy flamer is nice because uh, it usually takes people by surprise if you have an Oryx, because the Oryx is. Like normally, imagine it, it. The heavy stubber is basically like a, the bolter it already has, and I think the upgrade for a heavy flame is like five points or some shit. Then, strength five, AP four. It could be really nice when you face other militia or you face solar ox because it become suddenly people get scared of it. And the other thing is, it, it's a template weapon. Yeah, it's gonna put hits. It's, it's gonna put hits down on the unit anyway, no matter what happens, and somebody's gonna fail a roll, even if it's just one. Even a Terminator can fail a two-up roll and take, you know, you can take out a one-wound Terminator. It's going to count somewhere. So it's worth, are you it's worth it. Are you saying just because it's militia, they can't hit? I'm saying, I'm <laughs> saying, I'm saying if we're going to, we're going to talk about the, the, the effectiveness of things, uh, upping, yeah. upping the guaranteed numbers is always a good thing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> why I'm an Iron Warriors player, I play with templates most of the time. You know, it's 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 not about my inability to roll three up to hit. It's about knowing that if I actually land a template, I'm going to do better. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I agree. For, I agree. First thing I do, uh, uh, saving points, I would try and save points. So so fuck off the, the Carpace armor for, for your Force Commander. And make sure he gets another Power, power Fist. Uh, the uh, last cans are like uh, upgrade the Limerosis to demolishers, get a, get rid of the Scorpius, add another battery, and then the points left over give all your character dudes melter bombs because <laughs> you need them. They need <laughs> yeah. to strap themselves to because then you don't have to worry because every boom. Yeah, because that means you can't get tied down by fucking Contemptor. You you can always one shot tanks and shit. Like everything suddenly becomes a threat. And to, to be fair, to be able to death or glory um, a vehicle if it tank shocks you or anything stupid like that, having a surprise melter bomb to to roll roll to the side and gum to the side of a tank and blow it up is always fun. Yeah, you lose a grenade, yeah. a grenadier sergeant. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so yeah, so I mean, there's lots. That's why I get heavy flamers on it. Works it used to be. It's it's a nasty surprise. Than the heavy stubber. No one's going to care about the heavy stubber. Fair. Um, and get those medic medics in there because they're so fucking cheap, and it's ridiculous. And you can put one in the platoon commander, which means that your force commander. Which ride with the platoon commander in their Orox will also have a medic, and you'll have your fire support squad, which is the most expensive <laughs> militia squad you have, will have a medic or two, even. And never, ever, ever, ever ignore the benefits of a five up, feel no pain. Exactly. It will save you so many times because the difference between having a, me a medic in your squad is that when you get shot by a bolter. And you have no medic, you get no save. If you have a medic, you still get your five plus. <laughs> so, yeah. It is yeah. the flak armor that worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it literally is the flak armor that you care about. Um, 
so yeah so again unless unless anybody's got any other thoughts to add on to that i think that's a, a fair amount of information for christopher number two um to uh to actually sort of take on board and okay. let's say dude if you've got any feet you know if you go put these in in place or you've got any thoughts again same thing drop us an email back let us know how the list plays uh if you've got any um counters to what's been said let us know we'd love to hear what you're thinking okay. um, and send us whips and fucking paint jobs and fluff and whatever it end up becoming yes we love that shit yeah do it and let, let us know how it's going because we'd love to see how this sort of stuff unfolds um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I think I think that's that's everything we had to do as far as lists are concerned. And thank you very much for sending them in. And if you have lists you want to send in and want to have them fluffed, whacked, um, painting advice, anything like that, um, just drop us an email at theranchingheresy at gmail.com with the list. Pretty, 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 please. If you have to, can you? If you have to use Battle Scribe, can you please throw it in an Excel sheet or something so we don't have to have every option because <laughs> those lists yeah. are horrible. But that's just you know, you know, first world problems. Um, and actually, now I've said that everybody's going to send them in like that just because you're all <laughs> contrary bastards, and we love you for it. Um, so yeah, other than that, I think it's it's about time that we. Uh, actually wrap things up unless you guys have got anything you want to throw in right away. No. Nope. Not no? Here. Nothing there? Uh, okay, then we'll we'll tidy this one up with a bow. We'll go on out to some um, appropriately uh, Thousand Suns-ish music, which all, I have no idea what it will be, but it's a kind of magic is coming to mind from by Queen, so that might be that might be showing up at some point one way or another. Um <laughs> So yeah, we'll be right back after this tune with our army special all about the Thousand Suns. So we'll be right back after this. You remind me of the babe. Babe with the power. Power of voodoo. You do. Remind me of the babe. Quiet! A goblin babe. Said.
And we're back. And, okay, be prepared. It is time to talk Thousand Sons. It is time to talk Thousand Sons with Fluff. You ready for this, right, Eric? Yeah, I, I'm, okay. I'm going to listen. And <laughs> okay, right, Freddie, no, you've got book seven to hand, right? you got book seven to hand. I'm getting the wiki up as we speak. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Damn it! Oh, yeah, you have to give us a reason why you picked Thousand Suns oh, more okay. than they're red. Okay. I've got well, I've got four chan up, so you know we can have some interesting yeah. background. If nothing else, yeah. But I, I actually have I actually have read the book, so uh, the Thousand Suns book. So, so I'm not completely rich no, on this one. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this. So let, let's let's look at this. We are going to be doing. We're going to things thousand sons right now we're going to be going yeah. through um the army it's fluff um it's special units and one of the things that you're really driven to do at the moment as we've, we've talked about before is to really push different styles of play to help break the um break the what's the word i'm looking for uh stigma the the yeah. the cheese is more like it the cheese associated with the um, with the uh, what do you call it? With the thousand suns from the sort of generally perceived lists again. Yeah, maybe, maybe a certain uh, right of war that makes you take the eight hundred same points in all armies, making all armies pretty much the same. Yeah, so you could say that. So we're going we're going to look at that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look and see if we can come up with some uh, something different. Um, yeah, exactly. Now, Freddie. You got book seven to hand, right? Good, because I have the wiki up. So we should we should talk. Yeah, we should really talk about. Um, we should talk. Yes, fluff. I do. Um, but yeah, what, what actually you you did ask Freddie. I mean, it's fair to ask Freddie. As a Thousand Suns player, Eric, what what made you go? Yes, I want to play Thousand Suns. These are my boys. This is what I want. What what got you to do that? It's it's actually funny. Apart from them being red. Um, I had a third-party um, provider of parts that not it was not a, a you know one of them that copies parts, but it was a company that made extra parts for different armies, and they had this really awesome-looking uh, Egyptian line. Um, so long before the army even came out in the books or anything, we of course we knew it was there, but it didn't have a book. I actually uh, found those conversion parts, and I was like. I need to make an Egyptian army in, in space with those parts. Um, so, yeah, basically I started out actually with a third-party uh, provider who got me into uh, to playing them. Um, I've, I've always liked Egyptian stuff in general, so 
both in uh, games and miniature games. So I have also been flirting with Kimry back in the days in uh, in sixth edition. <laughs> really hot stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad I sold all that shit. Lucky you don't have to worry um, about that I could have been worse if I kept it tonight. But anyway, um, yeah, it was uh, it was mainly the aesthetics, how they looked. Um, and of course, they have a cool background. If if you listen to uh, what a lot of people say, as I don't read that much, I'm more a listener there. Um, they could basically have yeah won or lost a war for either side, depending on who they join um, in the Horus Heresy if their planet hasn't been destroyed along the way. Um, but they did nothing so, wrong, right? But... No, 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 no. They they did everything right, and people just um, didn't get what the fuck was going on. But uh, how could they? They're not awesome psychers. <laughs> but but the thing with the army I, I really like is that it has a lot of sides to it. Um, they, if you read the Thousand Suns book, it's not just Magnus. I know you see him a lot or hear about him a lot in the book. But they mention all kinds of things, like you have. Thunderhawks, Storm Eagles, and shit landing on a planet um, with all the pilots communicating uh, telepathically together and avoiding incoming shells and stuff like that. You have they have big armored divisions. They have close combat wars. They they have everything, and then on top of that, they're just better at it because they also have that cyber side to it. Jesus um, Christ, so, I'm just thinking about planes with prescience on jink and stuff. It's like, fucking... <laughs> oh, God, that yeah. would be horrible. D don't oh. give them any ideas. They are uh, good <laughs> enough as they are. Jesus, yeah, but, this, man. <laughs> yeah, but, but if, if you read the book, it's just everything is <laughs> one big machine working really, really well together. You can see even <laughs> in the fluff, you have Space Wolf... Yeah, that space world character who's about to he thinks he's about to kill a thousand suns guy and then he turns into a flame um and is no longer there yeah <laughs> so you you have you have many cool sides to them and yeah it's it's and then aesthetically it's one of uh, in my opinion the most beautiful armies out there um it, it that metallic red it really uh it really caught, catches your eye when you uh, just look at the the army in general. Um, so yeah, I think that's all that got me to it. If if yeah, I think that's it. So basically, awesome looking models, um, cool third party products, and generally stuff being amazing. Yeah, and uh, Egyptian space marines. Narrows it down. Yeah. <laughs> that pretty much covers it. I mean, it's it's you know you're not in the wrong there. Well. <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, no, I, I think it's it's basically everything like about them that just speaks to me. Um, I, I'm I'm however in in the game. I'm not into psychic powers that much, but uh, you'll yeah, pr probably in my walkthrough here we're going to talk psychic powers a lot. But in in general, I try to avoid them to be too nasty. <laughs> so. Yeah, but uh, what about you guys? Have you heard some stuff about them? Maybe a bit. Well, well you mean are, are you talking? What are, are you calling our fluff credentials here? Yeah, yeah. It, it can't be me knowing most about them, can it? Uh, 
I, I doubt that very much so. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, I've, 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 I've seen, I've actually, talking personally, um, I've always loved the Thousand Sons um, because of their just over wizardy, uh, wizardy doodads and general Egyptian space theme um, as a whole. And when you actually look at their background, you know, actually go into their fluff, um, there's literally like signs and portents from when they were created that they their gene creation took place uh, when the warp storms that sort of had abated around the solar system or whatever just ramped back up. So there was this whole sort of, you know, warp presence in and around in their background and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, which I think is pretty awesome, um, and uh, yeah, I, I generally um, love their. I love most of their models when it comes to the actual two two thirty k. Apart from, I must admit, I'm not a big fan of the Sekhmet Terminator heads, and I think it's Amon who basically looks like a cross between Ben Kingsley and a weasel. Uh, and has a like a, what looks like fifty pounds of extra cloak material, um, but that's just it's, that's so he can hide. Yeah, under the cloak. Yeah, not. Uh, I've oh, said this before on the episodes before. Not what I would call the greatest modeling sculpting choice, but hey, that's uh, not my job. It's not who I am. Um, but yeah, from the from the the fluff standpoint, I have. I must admit, I haven't finished reading. A Thousand Sons yet. I haven't. I have, sure? I, um, for shame, I will. I, I recognize my failings and I oh. will, uh, aim to learn from them. I have, however, read Prospero Burns and I really love how they're perceived from the outside um, as, an, as a legion. Um, from the legion, especially from the point of view from the legion who we all know basically ends up going to uh, to deal with them and who are effectively some of the greatest hypocrites ever by basically, no, we don't believe in magic and, and warp, warp fuckery because our guys are basically herb, herbalists and, you know, they're using, um, you know, herbal remedies when talking to the warp and stuff. It's not really psychic work. It's just, you know, homeopathic, <laughs> homeopathic psych, psychic powers. Um, yeah, we just turn into angry animals. Exactly. Um, it's yeah. Um, it's interesting that that point of view. I mean, Freddie, what's your what's your take on them? Uh, well, first of all, that's I'm, I'm halfway is through. I won't lie. Probably I'm one of the best through. books in the entire fucking Black Library heard, series. Yeah. So you have hey, to read it. Or... Than some people, <laughs> you can't even be part of this podcast. You know, <laughs> it's so good. God damn. Uh, no, it, it is so good, and I think that the thing that kind of mm. I really like the Thousand Sons, and I've been dabbling with them a bit in 40k back in the day. My first epic army was Chaos Marines Thousand Sons, yeah. uh, because back then you can throw oh, a vortex grenade. No, <laughs> Thousand no, Sons, which was always good in the old editions. Uh, yeah, for life. Uh, uh, 
but I, I think the best, the, the, the thing that probably attracts most people is how, how a thin line it is between good and bad when it comes to Thousand Sons. And if we disregard, because obviously I'm an <laughs> children of players, so I don't think that Thousand Sons are even close to being arrogant, like they're amateurs when it comes to being arrogant. But, but just how, how they try to do well, but they fuck it up royally. And it's kind of, but they don't fuck it up the Empress Children way. They fuck it up in a tragic way. Like they mean well, unlike the Empress Children who only care about themselves. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's one of those tragic kind of stories and, and like an old Greek tragedy. And that kind of entices me. Heaps, and then again, I love the the color scheme. Like the player metallic red is just fucking the bomb. It is the best. Uh, The whole it's like thousands. uh, Yeah, 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 but thousands. Well, that's like wonder where they stole their ideas from. Could have been (laughs) Hayden Christensen crying all the time. It's like we fucked up, and we're gonna take the consequences. And I'm like, what's going on? Why did the wife die? Mentioning so, the films that shall not be named. You're, yeah, you're yeah. A bad man. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but 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 still, it's like uh, the background is so good, and you didn't know that much except a little bit uh, before they released Thousand Sun. But when Thousand Suns came out, it was used. It it was the best. And it's still yeah. one of the best. It's, it's probably one of the few books that I have reread a couple of times, and I think it's fucking awesome. Uh, the the other one, Prosper Burns, yeah, equally good, but you need to read it. And then I saw it was about space it, it, wars. It right? sits within like, the story. Oh, what the fuck is this? Uh, uh, so, uh, but, but I'll... Yeah. Yeah, but you, you, you need to read it anyway. Because it, it's good. Oh, it ties... Ties a lot of uh, few loose in. Uh, Crimson King is also super good, and it's just yeah, like the little bit of background, and then and then after like on top of that, like people might say that book seven is, you know, it's yeah. one of the biggest problem in heresy, or was back in the day. The FAQ has fixed a little bit, but not the main bits. But because of the rules conundrum in book seven. The, the thing that gets overlooked is the fucking amazing fluff for Thousand Sons. Or Space Wolf, or like, or, yeah. or like the whole entire fluff part of the book is just, it's just gorgeous. And, and, and like, it's, it's one of those ones that I really look up because Thousand Sons <laughs> is my favorite book. One of my favorites book. Books. Jesus, can't even speak that. That's what happens when you start drinking again. Uh, it, it's just, I was so excited to read, like, how, how will they portray this, this awesome kind of no, novella into, like, a more historical background setting where they just go through the facts? Because a, a lot of things that you realize when you read A Thousand Sons, or if you think about A Thousand Sons, it's, it's a lot of assumptions, a little bit of facts, and people are just... The big problem is that everyone walks around and assumes things, <laughs> you know, and everyone assumes that they have right, you mean like they know they? the best and they have all the answers. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking, how, how are they going to, 
how will they kind of find uh, through the different narrators in a thousand suns and then go it down in a factual way and i have to say that in book seven they they did they did like besides the tourist pictures and all that shit that everyone keep trolling about if you actually read because i love the black books uh they're awesome I, I don't get them for the rules uh but if you actually read the fluff it is it is gold it's really gold and it's, it's something that i'll come back to when we start talking list building ships uh because I remember Thousand Sons when they do the attack and they, they psychic uplink the, the Thalax robots. And when they're fighting those Birdmen or whatever they are with the Space Wolves. And, <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, fucking psychic robots. That would be so fucking cool, you know. And, and now when I look at the models, I have to say that, okay, they might have fucked up on the rules, but the models are fucking gorgeous. And... Magnus is definitely one of the better Primarchs from my perspective. Like I, I obviously I always love the traitor ones and I have a couple of favorites, but Magnus is it looks the part like he, he they they went spot on with that one. I was always worried what are you gonna do with the nipple horns? No nipple horns, what the fuck is going on? I was a bit disappointed when they did Demon Magnus for do fucking nipple horns even though you know i love my blanche and art mm -hmm. uh, yeah. i have always preferred the artwork without nipple horns and i think that the earliest pieces he didn't have any but but still, like uh, all the models they released for it like the contempt looks top notch the fucking mechanicum robots <laughs> are so i can't believe i still haven't bought any even though they're in my inbox right now <laughs> like uh, in my i'm just waiting to get some money to check out um, I'm kind of, you know, because of my, my heresy pool project, I am living on borrowed money. So, But as soon as I get some funds, uh, those are definitely going to come this way. But yeah, yeah, and the iconography, I think yeah. they have managed to do it Egyptian without going over the top Egyptian, if you know what I mean. Because you can always yeah. overdo shit, like to make it too Egyptian. Think like a Stargate kind of... Uh, the gold shit, like they have, they haven't gone that full Egyptian retard. It it is more intellectual Egyptian, yeah, definitely, uh, which definitely. I like. It's like less is more, and and they kind of hit it on the spot. And then yeah, and I use that, and and as always, I always get like fucking enticed and uh, down the rabbit hole of of I love I love reading the the kind of prehistory of all the legions and the thousand sons has one of in my opinion the most fucking gorgeous uh pre like kind of pre always a compliance terror uh painting scheme ever and fucking shout out to david, Sa david samson who's actually going to paint an entire Fucking pre he, pre thousand sons so army for Adepticon, and I, I that, keep that, following his. I don't about like, that. I don't know about you guys. No, but I think that was, like, it looks that's gorgeous. my favorite. Uh, like pre legion, legioning up, pre marking up, whatever you want to call it, paint scheme for an army for for a legion that, that I've seen. I think that one's my favorite. Um, I just it looks so good, and you know it it's so different. Um, that it's just, yeah, yeah, I think it's awesome. 
Yeah, I had to, I had to open it up and look at it, and it's yeah, yeah. Like if we actually, what we're gonna do for this episode, <laughs> yeah. Jody, we have to put that Legionnaire as the fucking episode marker. because <laughs> it's so cool, like the the fucking orange burning on the white. Yeah, no, it's it's so cool, like the crusade armor as well. It's just fucking hell. Yeah. But once again, in the book, like I'm just flicking through now, like the artwork, it's just. And you just take one of these legionnaires, and and like when I said less is more, like it's very, very subtle the Egyptian thing, but you still get the feel feel of it. But it's very subtle, and it's yeah, it's fucking gorgeous. And I and I just love the background, like the whole the city of the how the fuck do you pronounce it, Tiska, and. Tiska and shit like in the how how like the entire planet like Magnus's little fucking space trips out thinking about the future and shit and how he writes uh, the warp because you get a whole different perspective of the of the warp if you compare it to like fucking crybaby Logar and how he perceives the warp and you know both 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 are so self assured in op- polar opposite ways and you understand why they are best friends but but they're on the wrong side of things and they both fuck up because they're so sure that whatever they are doing is the right way but if they the two of them would have actually talked to each other and exchanged their views and ideas and opinion and sat down and had like a proper debate both of them would probably have been better people and none of them the fucking heresy conundrum wouldn't have happened because logo would have noticed like oh well maybe they're not gods they're entities and you know fucking uh magnus will have thought like well may- maybe they have a different a- agenda because they're talking to logo and trying to sway him to go against our father you know yeah so so maybe you can't trust yeah, these people left right and center like he yeah. owns them so but anyway, that a bit, bit yeah. yeah. I gotta say, bit, bit of a thing. spoilers so there, just, but you know, what you were talking about different perspectives but, but still, of the warp and everything. And, and this is gonna be a random one, but have you guys seen the film uh, Moana? I think it's called Vi- yeah. uh, I think it's Viana in Swedish. It's the one with the rock, and it's the whole Hawaiian thing. Um, Moana. There's this fantastic bit. Yeah, yeah, the cartoon for kids. When, when I was reading A Thousand oh, yeah, Sons yeah. and Magnus is off well, doing his spirit for kids. and disassociating from his body and everything, um, all I could think of was when he's flying around is that, that song that giant crab sings, like, shiny. And it's just, that's the only thing I could think of when he was floating around up there and all the, all the stars and glitter. I just had that song stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that may show up in this, in this recording, in this episode as well. Just wanting to. <laughs> But anyway, sorry, man. I caught, I caught you in the middle of a thought there. No, no, that's all right. Uh, but anyway, so I, I have to say, like, I think that it become a stigma, and we're probably going to talk about it when we talk about army creation and why it has. And I think this, the, not just the rules are to blame that it's become a bit like it has with Thousand Sons. It's just that. Most Thousand Sun players, they they have read Thousand Sun. I'm going to say Thousand Suns a lot here. They have read the fucking book Thousand Sun. They have 
you know, they have the voice of Magnus in their head. They have Ariman. They have the Sekhmets. It, it is the thing that they associate with. They get a fucking right of war and option that says, here you go. You can, unlike everyone else, you can actually run Magnus as a HQ. You can have all the Sekhmets you want, and you can run basically all the main characters out of Thousand Sons. And considering the price on Fortral products, you know, even if you live in Europe, I'm sorry, other people, <laughs> it's still expensive. Uh, but, and you will buy an army and, well, you're going to go for all the cool stuff that you can have. And then that, then suddenly that becomes a thing because every, every fucking thousand pl sounds player, they've been waiting for their army for ages, even in 40k. Because uh, I remember back in the day when when I played Thousand Suns, you had oh, yeah. one miniature. Because once they discontinued those fucking rogue traders and made a mail order only, you basi basically in second ed, you had one miniature. He was that guy that stood like that. And that is how the whole and, the, and their yeah. dust got created. Because the irony was there were only one fucking miniature, so they all became Orthema statues. So, so they kind of, at least back in the day when Games Workshop were kind of funny about, you know, oh, fuck, we didn't do any sculpts, but they are Watermuth, you know. <laughs> so, Only slightly. So they kind of played with the fluff around, used to mm. <laughs> realize that they fucked up there. But, only slightly. Uh, but but still, like, so so it happens, so everyone be waiting, and they finally get Magnus, and everyone always wanted Magnus, like, e even... Even people that aren't Thousand Sun crazy, they, they waited and they waited and like and everyone was excited when they saw Magnus. Everyone was fucking you know, before they released Book Seven, everyone was so fucking I think it was the most anticipated book ever. And then we had, you know, fucking uh, him dying and shit and it was kind of a sad thing, but we had this book seven. So so all of these things, these coincidences happened to kind of give the Thousand Sons a bad rep uh, because the, the rules were overpowered. Easily fixed by FAQ though, and I think most of the community did a, a proper FAQ. They FAQ'd his D, D spells and shit, and you know, some people were upset, especially you know, Thousand Sun players that waited so long for this fucking rules to come. But if you were a Thousand Sun player, the fucking the first thing you would buy was Magnus. It's like every single Legion person would buy their Primarch. It's just a thing like I have. I have Fulgrim, I have fucking Angron, I have, you know, I even have Logar, you know, because after uh, first Heretic, so it is, it is what you buy, basically, and then if you can feel it in your army, you have limited funds, you're going to end up with him and a lot of segments, and, and it's sad, and then it kind of, you, and it kind of, you get stuck in it because it's so fucking good. <laughs> that was the problem. So they were never going to grow the army into something else. Like if I have Fulgrim with Phoenix Terminators in a fucking Spartan, that's shit. <laughs> you know, once you start playing big battles, that's never going to do anything. But the problem is that Magnus, he can fucking, he can, he can easily take on 2000 points himself because of rules mm -hmm. issues. So there was no really need, no natural okay. progression it's, 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 to we, change we the army. Out. I think, I think, but now I'm kind of sidetracking the from the fuck part here. I'm sorry. Eric guys. really wanted to take it anyway. So you're, you're in the right direction, <laughs> man. So keep going. Yeah. But besides that, like fucking, if you don't have books seven, 
uh, buy it just for the fluff. Don't worry about the rules. Like the fluff is definitely worth it. If you're a fan or or interested in anything fluffy around the Thousand Sun, the book is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, you know, tur- tourist side. I better get it, it uh, fucking, like, read uh, at some point. Good quality <laughs> fluff. I do. I do. No, you, you you would love it. Like seriously, especially if you love Thousand Sons, like the book, and it, it will it it will fill so many blanks and shit. And and actually, what you should do? Okay. Read so book seven. So it's before Thousand Sons, the fluff, and the then, seven, then reread a Thousand Sons. Yeah. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, read that fluff, and then when you reread okay. a Thousand Sun. Heaps of more things are going to make uh, a way more sense. Okay. And, and you're going to look at things a whole different way, and you will know things a little bit better. So yeah, yeah. So definitely do that, and you know, and and a crimson yeah, king. I'll, I'll get on it. I'll get on it. To keep going, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's a good fucking book. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, no, you should. It's a really it's, good book. It's definitely a book that's Even worth from you who don't, uh, uh, more, read that many more reads books than once. In, in the horror series. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, you only only read the best ones. But anyway, so so what why why tell me then why? Why are the Bass and Sons so you know I think we, we, we can talk more or less about fluff where yes. try not to spoil any books or well, anything, but you know. Uh, so, yes, army amazing. building. <laughs> well, to start off, now, you now have now to go a few things about how to make a good list in order to uh, to go through how you can make the thousand suns good, how they will work. They they are good, so it's it's more about what what other units than just the basic Magnus and uh, segments are also useful. Um, so if we start out with what makes a good army, um, one thing I have in I really I look a lot at in all armies I make that is the coherency of the army. Um, for example, let's say we as we talked about earlier, let's say I have a drop pod with some close combat guys in it. If the rest of your army is based on let's say planes or outflanking units. Well, then you're going to have one unit landing and getting killed because there's no support for it. Um, there's no like, there's no synergy in the army. You, you just have a unit that's good on paper, and when you use it alone, it gets bad because you just get mo- removed off the table. Uh, so, so I got this thing I usually uh, talk about. That's uh, the turn of winning or the climax. Um, so basically, whenever I build an army, I'm going to look at in which turn is this army going to win the battle or which turn is it hitting hard. Let's say you have a really, really shooty uh, army, uh, a drop-pot army, for example. Um, a drop-pot army usually goes for the killing blow in turn one. When it lands, if you don't kill enough the turn you land, then you're not going to win the battle because you're going to get hit back really, really hard right after that. If you have an army with a close combat army, most of them are going to get into combat in turn three. So close combat 
foot sluggers or tanks are not going to work together with, for example, a drop pod that well. Uh, because what I used to say is if you have units that are climaxing or winning, do, doing their thing with more than one turn in between, you're, you're going to have a, an army that's out of synergy because there's, there's no reason to have this unit that's just amazing in turn three or four if your army is based around winning in turn one or two. Um, so that, that's the thing you need to think about all the time when you make an army. So... Yeah. I, I, I noticed that at uh, BSK because I was uh, facing some uh, Sons of Horrors uh, and there was a drop pod list and he, he did really well on turn one, like everything went according to plan, Yeah. but then he didn't get any, like he was super unlucky and didn't get any reserves until turn three. So basically the, the, those three drop pods with badass troops that did everything that yeah, was exactly. expected from them first turn ended up you know, staying there, dick swinging for two turns. But I think, well, luckily, what, one of the things with the synergy that you talk about as well is that one drop pod in an army, like if we think about it you know, from a rules perspective, obviously he's not going to do anything because he's, like you said, he's going to hit hard turn one and then he's going to have dick swinging, people who want to walk up or whatever because he doesn't have the support he needs. But also... From like a, a fluff and uh, and kind of army look and feel, it's going to look wrong because yeah, one unit ninety percent of your army is going to be fuchs logging infantry. Why the fuck would one unit suddenly drop down in a drop pod? So it's it, it not just. I think like w one thing that when you do armies, look look at how does it feel as well, and and usually that will help you to think about that you'll end up with an army that is coherent and then yeah. will give you that climax exactly. in a natural sort of way. It's, and then you can tweak it's good it to hear bit. that. Uh, like, uh, I'm like just uh, thinking. Anyway, sorry, here. You keep have, going. Uh, did you also see it? That that means probably all, all other players will also see it. Um, the other thing I'm always looking at when I make an army is how many situations do the army cover? If we're going back to, um, well, no, let's say, first of all, objectives you have vehicles can you handle vehicles can you take objectives what if there's a death star what if there's not a death star um uh, another example from bsk was i had a i played an armor breakthrough list there so i didn't have any death stars i just had a fast army with a bit above average shooting not completely yeah. crazy shooting but but uh, pretty good shooting um my opponent's had a really hard time actually getting to kill stuff because they were mainly too loud to go against death stars and when suddenly my army was faster and i could just drive away from them well the the armies weren't prepared for it another thing you should look at is terrain well some some armies are really good with terrain take the auto reductor from mechanicum they walk right through it yeah yeah it's 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 amazing. It's one of the that that's from the beginning, room, but that's <laughs> one of the best uh, upgrades for an army you can get. And people fail to see it sometimes. Um, you can have um, also defensive. If you have, let's say, you have one really expensive unit, where a glass cannon unit that's really, really strong, and then the rest of the army is just uh, cheap infantry. Well, 
your expensive unit is going to get shut down because the rest is just crap people ignore um so so you can you can have we also talked about that earlier with the um with this um scorpius tank in the militia army where the scorpius tank is just gonna be there and if if you can point out which unit from your army it's gonna kill get killed first then then it's a bad thing because you you need to saturate your opponent with targets you need him to be like oh fuck which, which unit should i go for there's so many choices and it's it's hard to know what i can do to actually uh, turn this into a win don't make it don't make it easy for them basically yeah exactly exactly is it is it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 this is why I play militia because, because you, you it doesn't matter which unit you have an army with a lot of uh, expensive units then it's fine because you have your whole army is expensive units you can you can look at custodes and see that's an army where this works really really well all the units are fucking expensive but they're hard to kill all of them if you that's why sisters are never used in custodes almost because if you have a sisters unit, this guy is going to be like, oh, we have a place we can point out boulders that actually die from it. Um, so it's it's all about having the synergy. Like you have to, the more you can get uh, get stuff in that's equally hard to kill, hits equally hard, the better. Also, the same with transport. If you have a fuckload of transport and combine it with heavy heavy tanks, then you're gonna be then the opponent's gonna be like, "Fuck, where should I put all my uh, my anti tank guns? Should I stop the army moving forward, or should I go for the heavy artillery?" Where if you have a foot slugging army with artillery behind it, then you they're gonna shoot down the artillery and yeah, have a welcoming party for for the foot sluggers when they arrive at some point. So you, you need to uh, think a lot about that when you make your army. Um, have, have the different situations. Think for yourself, what happens if I face that and that and that. And the last thing is, um, I think the biggest part for me um, in, in gaming was when my good friend Patrick, he, told, he, yeah, he played again, a game against me. Um, where he basically set up a whole army of normal tactical marines in an objective game with six objectives. And somehow he won. Uh, <laughs> I was quite surprised. But what he did was simply to take rhinos, um, drive up to the objective, go out of the rhino, turn it so it blocked the full view. So I had a really good shooting army. It was slow. And I couldn't see the units that had been in the rhinos. So I basically killed the rhinos, and now he just had terrain there for him to hide behind. And if I got too close, well, then he had melter bombs coming from me in the other direction. What legion um, was he playing? He was playing... It was actually in 40k, so it was, uh, he was just playing uh, Space Marines. So it's a very um, Iron Warriors, Storbajek kind of plan. I was kind of like... Yeah. <laughs> I approve yeah, of this. He plays for his children, but it could work with all legions. Um, another example I have of, of willingness to lose units is I'm like, as long as it wins the battle, I don't care if I lose my most expensive unit, my general and everything. Um, we were playing against uh, Lehman Russ, and he was coming at us. It was a team game, full speed in a Spartan. And I was playing Armored Breakthrough. And I was like, if, if he gets to me, my army's done. 
uh, I can't do shit against him. So I took my Sikaran tank. It was the only one within range. And I drove it 12 inches in the movement phase. It's fast. So 12 more in the shooting phase. Parked it right in front of uh, that Spartan tank. And next turn he couldn't move because there was a Sikaran tank in the way. So Lehman Rush came out with all his dudes and killed the Sikaran tank. And because of the vehicle, he couldn't do any move after he killed it. So the next turn he spent on getting back in the Spartan and then the Spartan could start moving. So I basically cost him 18 inch of movement for a full turn with a Sikaran tank. And yeah, the Sikaran is expensive, but Lehman Russ never made it to close combat. Um, so I might, <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. But the Sikaran tank was a, a willing sacrifice. Well, except but, but the point tank. is that sometimes you've got to make a really expensive uh, sacrifice to save your army. And that's just how it is. If you try to protect your units all the time, all you're going to end up is standing in a corner and getting yeah, steamrolled when, uh, when the, the enemy finally gets there. So with that said, that's what to look at when you do armies. Let's get to uh, Thousand Suns because that's what we're here for as, as far as I heard. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Make it so, safe. yes. <laughs> so why, why Thousand yep. Suns? Why, what's so good about them? Um, we have all heard about yeah the Magnus and the five segments. That's uh, that's a no-brainer. Um, but yes, yes. But the thing is, when you go to the fluff, even Magnus I know and all the segments, that the segments are Magnus' uh, personal guard, and Magnus did not participate in all battles a thousand sons uh, were fighting in. So. What? If what, you, what is this madness? Yes, what is this? <laughs> have they fought without Magnus? Yes, they have fought a lot without Magnus all over the universe. Um, but, but that's a lie. How could yeah. you say this? <laughs> yeah, so if you wanted to try something else, I got a yeah, fuck ton of uh, good advice here. When you look at Lay Thousand Suns... What, sorry? Lay it on us, brother. Yes, it's coming here. All points, they have versatile characters. You can do, I would say, the Thousand Sun character line because of psychic powers and the bonuses you can get, which I'll get into in just a moment, makes for the army with the most characters of different kinds. They have so many different possibilities. It's amazing. Um, you have the um, Cult Arcana, which is basically that all units in the army with the the legion of status rule they get a free upgrade uh, so you can either do pavoni which gives uh, the unit plus one to run and sweeping advance you can go raptora that's probably the one most have heard about gives the unit plus one to invuln safe or a six plus if there is no invuln safe already there which is how they get the three plus invuln safe uh, segments then you have the covid which is actually pretty good um, it makes you able to reroll once to hit when shooting if you were stationary in the movement phase. And there are heavy weapons in a lot of, uh, a lot of the choices in the army. So, yeah, remember that to later. Then we have Athenian. <laughs> Athenians are immune to fear and have a, a mansion will. And you have the Pyre. They have Hammer of Wrath. If they already have it, 
then they have two Hammer of Wrath. So, um, and these rules are for free. So basically, when you look at the Thousand Sun characters, or the, not the characters, also the units, they are just better for the points. You get these upgrades for free. You can choose which one you want. The only thing is the compulsory troop have to be the same as your character, which in some of the tactics later is going to play in. Um, the upgrades, they complement each other really well across the whole army. Um, and then upside and downside, it, they are more expensive because they're all psychics. So in a lot of cases, you're going to have armies that are one to one and a half units smaller than another unit or another army um, with, the same, uh, with the same units in it. Um, one thing to say about the Calder Caner is they lock the psychic powers that you have. So, for example, Pyre, a Pyromancy, Athenian, a Telepathy, Corvidae, a Divination, Raptora, Telekinesis, and Pavonia, a Biomancy. Um, so, so you have uh, different units there, uh, or different types of uh, upgrades you can do. Mm-hmm. And let's see here. I'm going to the next one. Yeah. So we have the standard army. Everyone knows, right, guys? <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Um, most usually it's segments, a Praetor, or Magnus, and. The problem is that is already the first like 800 points, so you're going to have maybe some quad mortars, a Scorpius, something like that. And yeah, that, that, it kind of gets into a close combat army you have to use um, with not many choices of what else to do. So I'm going to go through some of the units from the army that are actually quite useful if you decide to try something else. Um, the first one, which is so much my favorite in the Thousand Suns Army, that is Veterans. Because Veterans can be a level one Siger, uh, Brotherhood of Sigers. So there are many ways to make them. For example, if you make them um, if you make them COVID A, which is divination, you basically get the reroll automatically through the primaries power, get the reroll to hit power. Um, now, you at the same time, you also, if you don't move, you also get the reroll once um, to hit. So it's, and if you're really lucky, you get the precognition, which will just make you reroll everything. Um, and as it's a Brotherhood of Psychus, everyone gets hit by the psychic power when it's used. So the way I love to use this unit is to uh, to make an early hitter. So this is a turn one hitter. I basically uh, kit them out with melter bombs and combi melters and put them in a, a, a thermite drill or dread claw. I prefer the thermite drill because it has space for 12 people. So you can put in an apothecary with them, which is so much worth it. Um, you deep strike turn one. If there is, uh, then you give the machine killers so they explode stuff on a four plus. Um, you can also give the monster hunter if you're playing against Mechanicum. Remember, this is something you actually choose in the start of when you are about to start the battle. It's not something you have to choose on the list. Uh, so it's again versatile for different uh, situations. You arrive in the drill in turn one, and basically 
if you uh, get the psychic power through and have machine killers, on average, you are killing a war, Warhound Titan in turn one with your Melter Guns. Uh, any super heavy is going to go down. Most knights are going to be gone. It's a, it's a really strong combo. And at the same time, they have uh, two weapons uh, and two attacks from the start. So they have three attacks, four and assaults. You've given them melter bombs. So basically, you now have a unit in the middle of the enemy army. They've already killed the largest vehicle in the army. Um, if, if they are not dealt with within a turn, they're going to run around and kill other units. Actually, uh, used to that BSK. In three battles, this one unit killed uh, 3,000 3, points worth of units. Um, so I, I, I can really recommend it. it they, I, I had a game where they came down, killed a Siege Thanatar, um, killed some Tech Trolls, and then they... You know the, the fortification that has a, the Strength D gun from a Titan? Uh, they yeah. took that... Yeah, they captured that fortification and uh, yeah, demounted the gun. Yeah, all all that one unit alone. Um, they they just cleared the whole uh, rear part of his army. It was fucking crazy. Um, yeah, it was having a bad day, and then it was having that type of bad day by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah, and. <laughs> On top of all these awesome things you can do, of course, in a in a drop pod army, you can have several of these units um, because the drop pods makes them all able to land in turn one, which is it's it's amazing. And the last little detail, they can take a nuncher box. So if you have deep striking units for turn two, you don't need to scatter if you land within six of any model in the veteran's unit, as long as the nuncher box is alive. Which, when you go back to your, uh, your, so yeah, the coherency of the army, having something stop stopping you from scattering on deep strike is probably one of the best coherency things you can do, if you have a deep striking unit, of course. Uh, so yeah, combi mail, combi weapon uh, veterans plasmas work really well too. I just like the melts better. Um. The next unit is Seekers, mm-hmm. and all, all the stuff I told about uh, veterans pretty much come for Seekers after their FAQ. They can now take combi weapons. So, yeah, Plasma, Melter. You can use a drill for delivery. You can give them a precognitive strike. So uh, that's the COVID-A, so they get real ones when not moving. Um, so basic tactic you can do with them is... Land behind any lines, go out, use your combi weapon to shoot in the first turn. You'll kill a tank or a unit of terminus or something, depending on if you're using plasma or melter. Yeah. Uh, they have the amazing rules, special issue ammunition, where you can get the Scorpius bolts. The Scorpius shells or bolts, yeah, they're actually called Scorpius shells. They, uh, they are threats, AP2, strength 5. Because you make them, uh, you made them COVID aid. They can reel once to hit when not moving. So from turn two, you have a BS five unit that can get preferred enemy against an enemy uh, unit with a character in it. 
Um, you have to choose which character, and then the preferred enemy after the FAQ counts for the whole unit as long as the character is alive. Um, so you can stand there with BS5, reroll once to hit, um, strength 5 shells with AP2, reroll to wound. That's a really, really, really good unit. That's brutal as burn. That is brutal, and they're scoring. Just like the veterans, they're also scoring units. Uh, you can also, if, if you combine, again, with how you can make it work, if you take, for example, um, uh, what you Ironman in the army, his warlord trait is to make three units uh, scouts. Mm-hmm. Well, take a couple of seeker units, 10 guys, move them ahead uh, with scout move. There's, then they're going to be in range with the Scorpio shells from turn one. So you haven't moved in the movement phase. So you're going to be re-rolling once to hit right off the bat with that unit. So it's, that's, uh, that's, that's basically writing on a note to your, your opponent sincerely, fuck you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <Ow>. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an amazing unit. And one thing you can do also, uh, you can have veterans with scout too. Um, I'm gonna go into the recon company in the very end and tell why this is so awesome. Um, but another thing, the veterans. Let's say you go for uh, instead of going for divination, um, you go for a telekinesis. If you get number five on telekinesis, you probably do this with terminators the segments and not with veterans. But anyway, if you do, you uh, you can give the telekinetic dome, which is basically a 5 plus in one save for all units within 12 inches. If you on top of that add the bonus for telekinesis, you can basically make a psychic power that gives a 4 plus in one save to all units within 12. Um, that's really, really good if you need to move a unit or a bunch of units across the table if you're doing close combat or if you're having an all shooty army, um, yeah, that you need to keep at range against artillery. So, um, Veterans and Seekers, done here. The next one is also one of my favorite units, the Amitara. It's the special uh, Thousand Sun Scout unit. Um, what, what is really amazing about them is 10 guys cost 235 points. And they come with sniper rifles and camille lights. Or camille lines, sorry. Uh, so if you take 10 normal recon marines, they are cheaper. They cost 225 points. But if you add the sniper and the camille line, then they cost 325 points instead. So for 100 points less, you get a unit that has all the same rules, BS5. They lose acute senses and scoring. So, yeah, scoring is a big loss. Acute senses doesn't fucking matter because you would never, ever outflank with these guys when they have heavy weapons. Um, you have, again, they have a heavy weapon. They're infiltrating. They have a psychic power that makes them reroll hit to hit and to wound and ignore cover. This unit is built to just pick out uh, to pick out apothecaries and characters from units. You, they have, on average, they'll do two, two to three precision hits per turn. So there's a pretty good chance you you can take down uh, an apothecary. Nasty. They can go, yeah, really, really nasty. 
they can go COVID A with precognitive strife. Well, precognit ah, I can't spell right now. Thank you. That's <laughs> right. Uh, hey, the yeah. English guy's got to be able to do something. It doesn't have to be his language every time, but I can be useful occasionally. <laughs> awesome, Jody. Thanks. <laughs> Especially when I, I talk with a potato in my mouth, being a Dane. Yeah. <laughs> could be worse. It could uh, be Skonsk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, and on, on top of that, what most people forget about uh, yeah, scouts in general. All scouts have shroud bombs, which counts as defensive grenade, and in order to assault a unit with the, with shroud bombs, you also have to take a leadership test. So when we talk about keeping people back, you can actually use them to screen as a last-ditch effort in case you something went wrong and the Death Star is coming right at you. If you're lucky, he can't assault you, and that will give you an extra turn to shoot back. And the unit also has uh, the ability to take a Nunchi Vox. Unfortunately, it's on the leader in this unit. So he gets to cost a lot of points and is quite easy to kill if people get in close. But an infiltrating unit with Nunchi Vox, that means you can uh, get in, let's say, a drop pod or a drill with the veterans in it that doesn't scatter. The veterans will then arrive with a Nunchi Vox. So whatever comes in later won't scatter either. So here we have the whole units working together to make it work. Or you can use the, them at range and have planes deep striking to get the side shots and tanks instead of coming from your own table edge and probably only hitting the front of tanks. So there, there's a lot of use for these guys, especially always do the Nunchivox. And also remember barrage weapons will draw a lot of sights from them. Um, and as you're infiltrating, you will most of the time have line of sight to a lot of things. No. Yeah, I don't see many people deep striking yeah. with flyers or land speeders. I do too. It's, it's really, really effective. I, I do it all the time. Especially the normal you know, land speeders with the, that have graph guns, you know, the haywire shot with the small blast. If you can land them right in the face of an enemy tank with a multi-melter and craft gun without yeah. having to think about scattering, that's, that's again, they cost like 60 points or 65 points or something for the, for the land speeders. That takes them from being something that just dies when it lands to something that removes, a unit of three yeah. will remove a Spartan almost on ever, uh, without Kermit playing. They will remove a Sikaran tank every fucking time. Um, even if it has pyramid playing. Uh, so, it, yeah, the, the whole Nunchivox thing, I don't get why people don't use it, any, use it more than they do. It's really, really good. Um, but, well, that was the Amitara. Then we have the heavy support squads. And all I can say is, if you have been listening, there is something that gives you reward wants to hit when you're not moving. Which gives you probably some of the best heavy support squads in the game. Uh, remember, all characters in the army can also be uh, can also be psychers. So you can also have heavy support squads with invuln save. If you go for a character with the telekinetic dome, you can have a character giving them rerolls to hit. You can have a character giving them ignore cover. <laughs> there are there are so many ways for these to be used. Remember, also give them hardened armor. 
there are a lot of quad mortars. If you have three plus armor save with reroll with a leader with two plus with reroll against blast, you are never ever gonna lose models to quad mortars. And heavy squads are really expensive, so it's a really really good buy. And at the same time, remember always bring an apothecary because you really really want uh, intercept if you have a heavy squad. I would go for Volcat Culverins for infantry removal or missile launches for larger tanks. I would never do uh, last cannons. They're just too expensive. They're 15 points each with a missile launcher at five points. So um, go for more missile launches instead. Um, yeah, and remember, reroll once to hit is really, really good when you're standing around with a heavy squad like that. Um, the next thing I'll look at is the Damocles tank. In Thousand Suns, especially if you're doing the cookie cutter list with segments, uh, there's a lot of deep strikes going on. And whenever you do reserves a deep strike, it's absolutely necessary to be able to control your roles. Um, one third of your units not arriving when we go back and talk about the climax turn or the turn of winning. That is the recipe for losing a game because you have no control over what arrives when, which means you're going to have the crappy shooting unit arriving turn one or turn two, and then have the close combat unit in a plane arriving in turn four, for example. It's, it's so important you have control over what happens. The Damocles also give you a 24-inch no-scatter bubble on Deep Strike. And let's say you play Armored Breakthrough, your general can sit in it and just hang out there while not doing anything because that's what your general should do if you're playing Armored Breakthrough with Thousand Suns. Uh, <laughs> and you got the... Yeah, because you, you, Thousand Suns has that conundrum that they can't really have. Like uh, other legions have and have a command tank as uh, something else because you have to have a psyker, so you're stuck with the yeah. So you might as well take yeah. So you might might as well take it Democles so he sits in it, and it's kind of becomes more themy though because it ties back to the book Thousand Sons when when they uh, I remember when yeah. they're fighting those birdmen and yeah, they're exactly. sitting in, in but, but, sort of other, but in that case, I think it's a command flyer or a command tanker or some other sort. And they're sitting there yeah. sending and like psychic signals through the whole sky who replaces the radar with a big psychic psychic crystal instead. Just saying. <laughs> show, us your, show us your thousand sun Damocles, thousand sun Damocles command conversion. <laughs> Do it if you want to see them. I will. I will. And and I think one of the winning concepts yeah. as well is. Uh, Obviously, the less dice yeah. you roll, if you ever played me, <laughs> exactly. the less I have to yell perfection, the less I have to roll once. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, again, the thousand This is how I win games by avoiding so rolling dice. Special reserve rolls is something you should really uh, not roll too many times. You need to, to make them the first time. And the last thing that Damocles has is that nice little uh, land strength 8 twin linked uh, ordnance strike. It's a last blast with the AP3, uh, which is really good in turn one to shake tanks so they can't shoot in, turn, in their turn one or their turn two. Um, so 
Damocles, I, I absolutely do not get why it's not there every fucking time because it's such a good tank. And it's 100 points. It's 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 really cheap. Actually, it's it's yeah, one of the one, one eighth of your core list. What are you meant to do? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, uh, it... yeah. Oh well, after you take Magnus yeah, exactly, as one exactly. HQ choice, except Iron Man as your second, there you go. Now, Third one is your which, Demetrius. Uh, you probably remember Freddy after he uh, instant killed your uh, Warhound Titan in one of our games with his with his two plasma pistols. Fucking uh, fucking crazy guy. <laughs> yeah. Now ah, the Morita. He... Okay, you don't like him. I can hear your voice. <laughs> Man. Yeah, tell us nah. all about him, motherfucker. No. Nah, the Morita, he in all armies, he is too expensive. Um, he does an average of two to three hits with a plasma pistol. Um, the turn he comes in, I always use him with a jetpack and deep strike, but not yet, jump pack, because else he's just going to be dead before he gets to shoot at anything. But... There is an interpretation that we need to go through because either he is just as useless in the Thousand Suns army or he is, he is a really good character. On page one in, um, in the Marine book, you have the Moritat and you have the whole thing where every time you hit with your guns, you get another shot. The problem with the Moritat is he, you stop hitting if you uh, do a gets hard and you get a gets hard on one and two. What is said in the book uh, is that if you ever roll a one and a two, a one or two, and get to get hard, then you will uh, stop shooting with no further rerolls allowed. The thing is, the book is from 2016. And in 2016, you didn't have any way of giving a Moritzard rerolls to hit. The only thing you could do with him uh, the only re-rolls he had was just getting more shots. So the way I would I think it was made is, of course, that it's meant that if you overheat, you are not supposed to keep on shooting. He can do a maximum of 12 hits. The problem is, now that he uh, got access to Divination uh, Psychic Powers, it's, you cannot use Psychic Powers on a Moritat with other uh, units. Um, but he can use psychic powers himself on himself. There's no restriction on that. So basically from 2017, when Inferno came out, he was able to give himself rerolls by going divination. Um, I, my personal uh, interpretation is that, of course, the rerolls mentioned in 2016 in the Red Book uh, is meant as rolling more hits. So it depends on if you say he's not allowed to use rerolls to hit or that he is allowed to reroll, and then if it ends out in an overheat, that he's not allowed to shoot anymore. But let's say he is allowed to reroll to hit, um, but of course stops shooting when he rolls one and two, two times after each other. Then he does an average of nine hits with two plasma pistols, um, which is enough to do a lot of funny stuff. Um, he's good at hunting small tanks, land him behind a unit of tanks with armor 10, and he'll kill one or two of them. Um, he can kill Terminators. 
uh, use the Damocles to land, you really don't want him to uh, hit some weird stuff like a, an enemy tank or impossible terrain. Um, you can hide him in terrain easily. He's one model. You, When I used him at a tournament like this, he survived every single battle just jumping around alone one guy he killed a he killed a warhound titan in one game um he and he made he he did about one third of all the kills in my whole army in every game so just like the veterans really really amazing unit here um and remember he can only shoot every second turn when he uses his pistols in uh, chain fire that's the martyrs so uh, I, I know this is a bit of a cheesy guy, but I, I kind of like the model. And I really like the fact that you can actually use him in this one army. So it's, again, it's, it's the one place where Thousand Suns just trumps all the other armies. And I really love it for, for this model. Um, he, he deserves to be useful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember when we started Harry's, there was heaps of Martets and shit. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you did a frame template, you But could then they were fucking broken because then there was no end to the template because I'm going to keep shooting till you're dead. Um, so the 12 hits was a needed thing, but the problem is his price wasn't really lower to reflect that he was worse. Personally, I think he should, the upgrade should be really cheap, like 10 or 15 points, and he should get the two plasma pistols for free with the upgrade or the true Valkyrie, or whatever weapon he wants, because it, he's too expensive in general. Um, but again, in Thousand Suns, he works if you give him Divination. Um, the next one is the Siegebreaker. Um, he can give a unit Tank Hunter and Wrecker, which is really good. At the same time, he can get Phosphix Bombs, which will help him in close combat. And as a bonus, if you want to lose all your friends, then you can also give Phosphix to your Quad Mortars when you have him. Um, the cool thing about him is that you control him. <laughs> what do you say, Jody? <laughs> who, need, who needs friends when you play, you know, her, play heresy? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Just remember, I'm going through all the choices here that are less nasty than the segments on Magnus. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but with that said, put him in a in a heavy squad. Miss, I would I would put him in a, in a missile launcher squad so they get the um, tank hunter. You can give him divination. He can now make his squad get rerolls to hits. Um, so really, really uh, good character. You can also have one one squad rerolling once because the divination have another squad with some other power and use him to make them reroll. There, there are so many possibilities. Again, because he's a psyker. Um, the only problem with these psycho things is that if you ever do uh, a Perils of the Warp, the whole army has to take um, a pinning test. And with characters, they can take an item for 15 points that make it, them ignore the first Perils. So always roll your psychic powers first with the with the characters, um, because sometimes when you do it with the units, you're gonna fuck over your army. I have once tried my veteran squad coming out of the thermite drill, doing a mid, uh, perils of the warp and getting pinned, which meant that they didn't kill anything because they couldn't hit. Uh, 
So oopsie that, daisy. <laughs> yeah, oops. <laughs> that, so just remember to use your uh, psychic powers in a smart way. The next Wait, awesome unit. What? What? Why, why would you do that? Why would you do things smart? No. You know, the, 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 yeah. flow, the, the crazy flow, man. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but a good advice, if you don't want to gamble, do your characters first, and then you do the rest. So hopefully you have cast the powers you needed before you do apparel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but that that's the one thing that can just really, really fuck you over in the Thousand Suns Army. It's so, it's so annoying when it happens. I'm sure well, your opponents hate it. Yeah, yeah, it's totally like, oh, you should have just brought Segmus and Magnus, then it would have, this would have never happened. <laughs> yeah, sure, then you'd never have fucking played me, or you'd have stopped, yeah. stopped whinging. So, you exactly. know, you take your lumps. <laughs> yeah. The next one, which I think is a fucking cool character, and no one brings him, and I'm so angry about it, so I'm, I'm going to build him for my next tournament. Uh, a Herald. The Herald, the way to win the painting competition. Have an awesome-looking guy with a fucking awesome hand-painted banner. Um, if you're a trader, which you should always be when you're playing Thousand Sons, because else you're trying to ally with Cousteau to some stupid shit, um, then you have access to Banner of the Eye. And Banner of the Eye makes you reroll once to hit on assaults, plus one to run and plus one to assault moves within 12 inches. Um, now imagine you had a Kenetai unit with weapon skill six close to you and you can reel once to hit. You are going to hit a lot. Um, and the extra assault range, awesome if you charge into terrain. You can make him a Psyker. So you can uh, you get... The the problem with him is if he dies, your opponent gets plus one victory points. There are many ways to solve this problem. One is to give him a refactor fields and make him um, and make him Reptora. Then he has a four plus invul. Um, nice enough. You can also oh, what I saying? Nice enough. That'll keep yeah. that'll keep him alive a bit. Exactly. The problem with that is you uh, also make him use telekinesis which is, depending on which unit you're running around with, may not be the best one. Of course, you can also just say, you know what? I don't really want him to be able to die anyway and go biomancy on him. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. He will... Uh, not only will he... Um, it's the Pavoni, let's see. They have... Uh, that was uh, quick blood. Yeah, not only will you get plus one to run and sweeping advance on top of the plus one from your banner. Um, yeah, that's nasty enough. You also get access to Biomancy uh, Psychic Powers. And plus two to sweeping advance. That's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, so it, it's a really good one. And, of course, there is... Um, What's the last one we had? Yeah, I wouldn't really recommend doing uh, Divination on this guy. You can get... If you have him in Canatize, it's pretty cool because you can get give them reroll to hit. Um, but the, the reroll wants to hit when not moving with 
shoot yeah, with the shooting weapons. It doesn't really work well with a with a banner bearer who has to get into close combat. Um, so I would say go biomancy or uh, or go telepathy or telekinesis. Sorry, Raptora, depending on what you you like most. Um, and again, let's say you give him a plus one invuln. If you have him close to a segment unit with the the, te- the seals, well, then he has a four plus invuln already from there. So there are a lot of possibilities with him. So please, guys, bring your heralds. They're amazing. They're fun. They're looking good. Hmm. And you are right. One of the other things, I mean, from definitely from my point of view and our point of view as EOs is we love to see the the hobby and the painting side of it all. And yes. All these characters, they literally jump out. I mean, you can, you know, heralds, uh, siege breakers, you could see a siege breaker, Moritats, you know, the Damocles command runner, things that really could stand out in an army that you like you say you don't see often enough um, yeah and the herald works major, major bonus you know exactly and the herald works because of the psychic powers he is also the the four plus invuln you can get with him by going raptora mm. you suddenly you have a character that you are you may not lose him it's just the worst thing that can happen is you losing him that's a victory point giving away but you can you can actually make him pretty safe, which is a new thing for for a herald because usually you have to put him in one wound terminators or some veteran or I don't even know where I would put him if a, if you didn't have kinetize or segments I have no idea where to put him because he would just die too easily. But in this army, he just works. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, like a weapons master, veterans. Like if we're not talking yeah. about Sansa's general Wepo- yeah. weapons master, veterans along with your heroes, together um, with the medic. But again, help. it's 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 also with the points. Don't make it too expensive because yeah. if Kenetize, which is the next thing we're going to actually, they're glass cannons. It's a close combat glass cannon, so you need. Again, the consistency in your army for this unit. If you go Kenata, I would say you need 20. You need to have two units of 10 because this is the one unit that gets better the more they are. And they come at, I think it's eight. That's the maximum size of them before they start losing weapon skill and attacks. Um, I'll just look them up. I have them right here somewhere. Yeah, Kenata's. If they are three or less, they have plus one attack. They start with two attacks by having two weapons. That means they get to three attacks. If they have four to eight, they get an extra attack. So now they have four attacks and plus one weapon skills. They get weapon skill five. Um, And then if they are nine to ten, they get plus two attacks. So they can get five attacks plus one for assaulting. They get six attacks each at weapon skill five. They are... Nasty, nasty, and they're four swords, so they're AP3 force weapon. But with nasty six swords. attacks each, that's 60 attacks. If you have the Herald in there, they reroll hit once to hit. If you have Divination on it, they reroll everything to hit. Um, so again, completely nasty units. Um, but it's also an easy unit to, to start hitting. So I would say if, I would use them with 
two of them in uh, maybe even go with three drills on the army have two two units of drills an apothecary in each and a herald in one of them you come up in turn one and the enemy has to take care of two units or you're gonna get hit by the hammer in the next turn when they arrive with drop pod armies that you can put them in the um, in this red claw drop pod um, there are many ways to get them there I would I don't like, in general, um, you know, a death staff. So I wouldn't put them in the really expensive uh, transports because they already cost a lot. Um, the units like three hundred points for uh, for ten guys. So if you put them in a land raider, for example, the unit is gonna cost around six hundred points. Then apothecary, and then the characters. So you you go from having a unit you can actually get in for 400 points to like 800 points to deliver the same unit then you might as well take two units and just deliver them on the in the easy method and if just one of them arrive you have the same hitting power you just didn't spend all the points and if two of them survive well then you have double as much carnage going on at the other end of the table um of course one one awesome delivery method would be a storm eagle or cestus um, because when you have flyers, I can accept having uh, very expensive units because flyers are so hard to shoot down that usually you will get almost all of your close combat units in anyway. But if you have flyers, do not ever use them with such an expensive unit without having rerolls or plus one to reserves. That, that's just losing the game just by yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you can do that too. <laughs> no, every, every post, or practice your dice rolling. You don't roll yeah. ones or twos. You know, yeah. spend spend half an hour. You know, you talk about that. Do one hour of painting a night. Spend half an hour rolling dice every night to get that wrist action. Yeah, down. exactly, exactly. Just get good at it. Yeah. <laughs> what else is there? Uh, yeah, yeah. When we look yeah. at the the Caldacanus for the Canid size. They have so many good ones, actually. If, you're, if you go Raptora, you get a 6 plus invuln or plus 1. So if you run the segment Death Stars and have, have the Canitize along for the ride, well, if you cast the Telekinetic Dome on, uh, on the segments, then you're going to have a 4 plus invuln on the, on the Canitize. Um, a lot of people use them as Pavoni um, because they get... Um, that gives them access to biomancy. I personally don't like Pavoni for them because that unit kills anything it touches already. So I don't really see any need to give them extra attacks or something. It, it's just, I don't really see the point. That's, that's playing the Death Star game again. Uh, so Pavoni, yeah, they get biomancy. Sometimes you're lucky. Sometimes it's fucking useless what you get. Um, where you can go Raptora and actually get that involved, which is consistently there. Um, so, so think about what psychic powers you're going for. I would ra much rather have divination and get reroll to hits every single time than having um, Pavoni and maybe get a good psychic power from Biomancy. So, um, but yeah, that. That's it's just cool that you actually have choices. You can go defensive with them, you can go offensive. Um, 
you can even yeah. go, you can even make them pyrate and give them pyromancy. Um, so they get Hammer of Wrath for more attacks. And you get some magic missiles. So, yeah, there are a lot of uses for them. Yes. Um, but again, you need to have a lot. You can't have one glass unit and expect it to survive across the table alone. The next unit I'm just going to mention really fast is Breaches. Breaches with Raptora gets plus one in-law safe. And you can make it plus one more if you go with the Somotalis Wide of War. So you can have breaches with a three plus in one save in close combat. I'm just saying it's fucking cool. Yeah, that is really cool. It's it's over with the dreadnoughts fighting yes, them in it, close combat when they all have melted bombs. That so you know what? Just, just thinking about that, I've now got me going. I've always wanted an excuse for a thousand suns army. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe a thousand sons breach. You know, Zomotalis. like Zomotalis list. Yeah, that could, work. that could with, work. Yeah, with Raptor, or, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody's gonna so, like me, but you know. Nah, but they still cost like three hundred fifty points for fifteen. So I honestly think it's okay. It it is, and you can still shoot at them. So it's it's okay. It's okay. Um. I'm glad, I'm glad it's okay. I'm glad you said it's okay. I feel better now. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> cry if I faced it. I, I would be like, yeah, that's fucking cool. But, but yeah, it, it's it's not that nasty. You it's could just so spam segments for the same price instead. Actually, it's cheaper <laughs> to spam segments. Um, so And they are also psychos. So, yeah, go for the breaches. I would love to see it. Tempting, so tempting. Anyway, yeah. yes, <laughs> yeah. So I, that was the units that are different that actually works in a in the Thousand Suns army. Uh, what we have left, we have the Castellax Achia. That's a special uh, Castellax uh, for Thousand Suns. They're um, so fucking gorgeous. Yeah, oh. you can cast psychic powers from them, which is really really That's nice. So good. You need to be in 24 with a Psyker to use them. Um, they are beasts in close combat. Um, like all Castellacs, they are a bit expensive compared to how often they actually make it into close combat. Um, so it's, it's a cool unit, but not competitive. Um, but really, really cool unit. And when you go on the painting and fluff side, you are winning with that one. <laughs> yeah. This is the one I've been toying with. Well, this is the one I've been toying with and doing the, what is it, like the the Brotherhood of Iron or whatever it's called. Um, when you, you would take a Forge Lord and then you can have nice. um, uh, Castellax as uh, non compulsory troops. So I'm thinking about doing them and to and running the involved the, uh, um, Raptor, yeah, brother of Sarkid, the one with the involved was called again the Raptora, uh, Raptora, and then I have two units of breachers with them and just be you like uh, really nice badass. Uh, you know, Castellac spaceships. They come with a uh, with a four, with a five plus involved against shooting, right? If you, uh, they have the Legion of Status rule, if you take them with, you know, with the Fort Lord, 
Um, so you can actually have four plus in one save Castellax or have Castellax that can reroll once to hit when they're not moving. I'm thinking Darkfire <laughs> kind of too. Uh, Jesus, son. Yeah. And remember, that counts for all the robots you can take. So you can also have Domitas running around with a uh, four plus in one save. Oh, um, grim. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so grim. Yeah, so there are some pretty funny things you can do with, with when playing with a Mechanicum combined with the Thousand Suns. You're definitely going to be... <laughs> can, can you see Darkfire Cannon Castellax that can reroll the ones that are usually overheat or gets hot? I'd rather you didn't say stuff like that because that, I've faced those fuckers before. They, they, they're, they're scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, but I'd, now, I'd rather not. <laughs> uh, so uh, and if you take a fort slot he can be a psyker too so um, yeah just keep on imagining from here mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh-huh yeah mm-hmm. yeah the next unit segments um yeah what's to be said probably the best terminator unit in the game level two brotherhood of psychers stop on now they're also impeccable advance since the FAQ, because why not make them scoring too? Um, yeah, they really good unit. Two wound models, three plus in one save if you upgrade them with the, in, in the way most people do. Um, so I think people know these, so I'm, I'm just going to skip fast ahead. Yeah. Um, Ariman is the next guy. Uh, yeah, he can take a, a Psyker squad in the HQ choice as a as his bodyguard. So basically, better veterans with that are level two Psykers. Normally, you can't do it on the veteran squad or the sorry the HQ squad. Um, he's a good Psyker level four. Uh, he his warlock trait gives three units three troop choices in your army um, scout, which means something I said earlier about using that rule on Seekers is unfortunately not viable. Um, but troop choices can uh, become scouts, so replace Seekers with uh, with support squads with plasma guns then, um, and you got the same result. Uh, he's crap in close combat, basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's about it with him. He's pretty cheap for a special character with that many levels. Uh, but again, only good for his warlord trade and casting psycho powers. You have uh, Magistrus Amon. Um, he is he has a really cool background. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he has a cool background, and <laughs> I guess that's it about him. Really, fair enough. Um, that, that's pretty much nailed that. Yep, he's got a. Cool background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's not really good. And he's... Uh, he's uh, Sometimes that is enough. Make, um, re-roll cease attempts. That's okay, good. And he can... Um, he, you cannot outflank within 24 of him. And you cannot deep strike within 12 of him. Uh, I would probably have him... Um, yeah, in the army as a support character in really big games. 
just to have a corner where you know you're not getting assault or people are not getting in from that corner if you have big stuff that let's say you're you're bringing some lords of war tanks or something that you need protected then you can put him in the middle of them but apart from guarding big stuff um he's he's not really good at anything um crap in close combat crap in shooting he's a level three cyger um yeah that that's about it he's he can infiltrate and gets a four plus cover uh in the open and plus two if he already has a cover safe so he's hard to hit and can do shit um yeah is that, the, is that all the characters? We have Magnus still. Uh, yeah, but uh, nobody cares about Magnus, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, take Magnus and <laughs> don't play him stupid and you'll win. That's probably all you need to say about him. His level, was it five, Siger, or four? His level lots. Yeah, he's, he's level a lot. I don't. Even, yeah, he's a master level of five. He casts powers on three plus. He can power them. So if he puts plus two to his casting, needed casting amount, you get plus 2d6 strength on your psycho powers. And if you hit strength 11 or above, it's just strength D. He ignores cover with everything. He doesn't even have to see with his psycho powers. Um, yeah, so basically he just blasts stuff away. At least in FAQ, they, they made him unable... Yeah, they made him unable to do uh, Nova spells with the power up. Bonkers. Um, but yeah, he's he's really really good. Um, probably if you want to play against someone and have a fun game, don't bring him or bring him and take like pyromancy or some stupid uh, psychic power than no or um, uh, Santic demonology. He has to roll th- three of the same dice to. Uh, to get peril, so he can actually do demonology and survive it. And he has arcane literacy, so he will he will even ignore the first uh, failed psychic power. Um, but he's underpriced. He's way too strong, and yeah, unfortunately, uh, one of the coolest looking models in the game is looked down upon a lot because of that. Um, it is a gorgeous uh, model. Yeah, we need we need yeah, to exactly. uh, I agree. So, so, go so through the FAQ again and make the great again. Yeah, they should have like, oh fuck, he got uh, possessed by some uh, greater demon of things or something. So he will uh, instead of doing perils, he will shoot at his own unit for one turn. Hey, check that out. You're thinking fluff. I like it. Well done. Yes. <laughs> I know there's something about scenes there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> now we have done the different units. Yeah. So what I'll go through are the rights of war because because of all these awesome uh, new units they can use, some rights of war that are usually completely fucking useless are suddenly really really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of rights of war that you could pick here um, to yes. go through. I think yeah. are there any ones that sort of jump out as like the ultimate key ones, the ones that just you, completely go from meh to 
you should be doing this with the Thousand Suns because. Yeah, well, you have, of course, you have. I must mention Guardian of the Crimson King just to say don't use it because you have to take segments and you have to have a level three Siger. So there you go, 800 points or six, yeah, seven to 800 points. Um, so get a, your army just gets to be the same army every time. And Magnus is not always there. And segments are Magnus bodyguard. So yeah, fuck off with the segments, fuck off with Magnus. Let's go to the fun ones. Um, one I like to use is Chosen Duty. And Duty. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Duty. Yeah. yeah. I'll be and a grown up now. What you might be saying is, what is that? Because most people probably know Pride of the Legion. Uh, but Chosen Duty is uh, where you get a. You can only take it with a console. What it does is it makes a veteran's troop choice. Why I choose this over Pride of the Legion, where veterans and terminators are troop choice, is you are never going to take anything but segments as terminators. Um, in, in, with, in Pride of the Legion, you would never take normal terminators because you have segments. Um, and in Pride of the Legion, if all your vets die, then you give away a victory point. In this army, this is really good. You get a cheap console. He gives away a victory point if he dies. If he survives, you get a victory point. And you have veterans that are psychers. So you can make a really, uh, really, really cheap character to make space for all the really good units you have in the army, which, which is something you've got to remember. In, in Thousand Suns, don't spam characters. Spam the good units. It's, it's the units that makes the difference. The characters are just there to make the units even better. And so really good little uh, ride of war that you never see used anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, exactly, exactly. But they, I, I used to... Well, I not, used not outside so metallic, at least. Works really well. And the plus one victory point if he survives. If he sits in a Damocles tank for the whole battle, well, then he... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, but basically, you're gonna be known as Eric the Democles. I have won battles just because of that one point. Um, because if if you have, let's say you play against a really nasty army, they'll just shoot you off the table. Go for a draw, keep your uh, keep your console out of harm's way, and you win by one point. So if if you play against a really boring army, well. There's your win. If you play against a Death Star, box it in with rhinos, do whatever. Just keep that guy behind. <laughs> yeah, it's really Yeah. Or you dr drive away with your yeah, exactly. democracy <laughs> command <laughs> rhino from the Death Star the because board. you move as fast yeah, as exactly. the fucking. <laughs> so it's a, it's a really good one. Um, if you do loyalist um, <laughs> armies, which you shouldn't, then you can take an errand knight in this army, and he has, you know, he has the special objectives he can do to get extra victory points. If you have those two together and they survive the battle, that's two free victory points. At the same time, you get a character with an athesium, psychic powers, and a power fist. Um, but don't play loyalist. So th this this is <laughs> Just don't do this it. is clearly only theoretical. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Pandora's box was clear, purely theoretical until someone <laughs> did it, and then yeah, <laughs> and then it was too late, man. <laughs> yeah, you, you're gonna see chosen duty with those two combined with custody soon. <laughs> yeah, Eric did it. It was Eric's fault. Yeah, sorry, man. I, I will not do it, but someone is gonna do it after this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> next one: orbital assault. Assault. Um, I have talked about how I hate buying expensive transports. Well, orbital assault, assault, now you have all your units arriving from 35 points drop pods. Um, one thing is you're going to lose with this army every time against custodies. And augury scanners is fucking up your life a lot. Um, so if people play good, they're going to have augury scanners and some heavy squads. And that's going to be a problem. But apart from those two armies... Imagine how many veterans and seekers with the funny nations I told you about earlier that you can have uh, arriving in drop pots and just pulverize the enemy. Just ruining somebody's day. Yes. I'm also thinking 30 canatize in treated red claws <laughs> if you want to go close combat. That could work hard. Um, another thing you can do is, let's say you... Uh, you have a problem with that's when you get back to the turn of the climax turn In this army, you would have, you need to take at least two units of uh, tactical Marines to do your compulsory. Mm -hmm. So of course that's two units <coughs> that are not going to do any damage. So it, they don't really count on the turn of winning. They just stay up to land on an objective. So that's two units, which gives you three uh, drop pots to drop the other way. Um, in, in turn one. So what I would do is to take Deathstorm Drop Pots, which is a unit no one uses, to maximize the number of landing units in turn one. So I'll take De Deathstorm Drop Pots to land in turn two. Let's say you play against Custodes or that Augury Scanner. Then I would land the Deathstorm Drop Pots in turn one, along with all my tactical Marines, and try to shoot down the Apothecary that has the Augury Scanner so that in turn two, when all my other units start landing, they're not going to have intercept anymore. Um, so there are a lot of uh, fun ways to, to play this army, actually. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, um, yeah I'm a breakthrough. Uh -huh. uh, we always talked about this one. Yeah, my, my favorite. <laughs> Consul and Damocles have a unit of vets or seekers in a drill. Um, for a turn one super heavy kill. <laughs> Remember, they have to buy a Rhino because Rider War says that. So you now have a free Rhino to block Death Stars with. So if there's a Spartan there, drive the Rhino ahead. It can drive 24 inches in a turn, park it right in front of the Spartan, and you just saved yourself 18 inch of uh, forward movement for a whole turn. Then we have uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have almost never used that trick. Um, Not once or maybe I have. Not even you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best thing is you cannot do sweeping advance on, uh, on rhinos. So, um, yeah, people are going to get stuck standing in the middle of nowhere. The next one, Angel's Wrath. I love Angel's Wrath, but it's so expensive and you're going to commit suicide when you have to uh, assemble the Storm Eagles. But if you survive your suicide, 
then you are going to have a really, really amazing uh, army where you can buy Storm Eagles with Strafing Run um, as, as transport for your uh, units. So this is the one army where you can do all the Death Stars you want because with Thousand Suns, <laughs> you finally have the chance to do an all-close combat army because when we talk about the turn of Climax, if you have your whole army arriving from Storm Eagles and Fire Raptors, then you can kind of wait until everything is in. In turn four, everything will be in. And then in turn five, you can just land with four Storm Eagles filled with Canaanites and segments and just kill everything off the table. Um, your troop choice, two uh, max size jump units, uh, jump pack guys with power axes, power fists, just because you have to have something on the table in order to not lose in turn one. The downsides, it's a very expensive army to buy, and if you're low on money and have to assemble a Storm Eagle, then your will to live will slowly fade away. Um, there are, there are, I will say there are people out there who like putting yeah. these things together. Yeah. They're yeah, really yeah. easy to put together. There's no issue with the Storm Eagle. Stop, stop spreading propaganda. The one I put together it was way better. Than it was better than 60 degree. Yeah, the one um, I put together was nice. You know, where, where the two fronts should meet, they were like pointing 60 degree away from each other. Uh, I had to put it with elastics in my sink and pour boiling water over it for a long time for it to fit. There's ways and means, my brother. There's ways and means. But yes, yeah, I totally <laughs> get it. It's, it can be daunting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then we had uh, yeah, well, so, someone yeah, tell so us the the If you want to do something really funny, I always told about the breaches with 3 plus 4 plus in one save. Mm. Um, yeah. If you do Santic Demonology, which you can in Thousand Suns, then you can actually get them down to 3 plus 3 plus uh, in one save. <laughs> because you can get a plus one to a maximum of 3 plus. Just to get the extra for shooting into. But uh, you would have to roll good to actually get the, the right Saiga power for it. But a little fun one. Because screw you, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Screw you, that's why, and son. <laughs> and what's really funny, they also have uh, the hardened armor, so they also have 3 plus, uh, three plus armor save with reroll against blast and flamers, which is something that's usually good in so Talis. You'll totally fuck over people's Soma Talis armies with that unit. <laughs> yeah. So I like it. I like it. The next one I really love is Sacrificial Offering. Uh, and I, I would take the background as a prospering guard army where you're kind of coming in to support them and not the, hey, we placed a lot of guys in a fortification. That's a trap for our enemies. Um, because that's not really how thousand sons do it with their people um but again like with the militia army if you take the right of war and you kind of make up your own story about it i think you could still make it work um and of course the army is that you get outflank um so now you can actually have outflanking veterans in a rhino with vehicle hunter and Divination magic. So now you're, you're not only uh, you're not 
you don't you have you don't have to choose between outflank and vehicle hunter. Now you just have everything. Um, tanks like the Arcus, Predators, planes. When you have outflank, you're gonna hit the enemy in the side a lot of the time, or even the rear. So these things that are usually not, I'm not talking the Arcus, but the other things that are usually not hitting that hard are suddenly usable because you can hit tanks where it hurts. Um, the militia army you have to deploy. Basically, the whole army is you deploy militia army. You have to put your whole space marine army in reserves. And the militia army gives no victory point for getting killed. This is a complete hard counter to all Alpha Strike armies because they're going to land, they're going to kill your militia guys and get nothing for it. Um, of course, the structure they have to take would probably be a good idea to take a structure with reroll reserve roles. Just so when we talk about the coherency of the army, how things work, when everything is an outflank, of course, you need to have rerolls on reserves. Um, but you can make a really nice army here where you have mixed some militia, make your own prospering guard, um, and yeah, just uh, and have, have a competitive army too that will hit hard and turn two. Um, and the last one, which is my. Uh, my Adepticon go-to, actually, for, uh, for next time. Recon Company, the mightiest of all the different rights of wars, which works really well in uh, Thousand Suns Army. Recon Company, what does it do? It gives shrouds to all units that scouted or infiltrated in turn one. So this... And now you should remember Iron Man, who can give scout to three uh, to three uh, troop choices. So let's say you take Amitaras in your fast choices, you scout support squads with plasma, um, and you have to take a recon unit also, uh, which will of course infiltrate. You can have a whole a whole army sitting in ruins with a two plus cover save in turn one. That means even though your army is not that strong when it comes to their fire output. Oh, and by the way, you can reroll cease. Important little detail. But even with an army that doesn't hit that hard, turn three is a free shooting phase for you. Because you're not with two plus cover safe models that are really pretty cheap. Again, the army tower was 235 points for 10. Um, it, it's, you get two shooting phases. Um, so it's a really, really nice little army there. And if you want, let's say you wanted some Seekers on top of that, uh, remember that all these units can actually start in tanks because as long as they are infiltrating or scouting themselves, they will also give it to their dedicated transport. So you could take, let's say, nine Seekers, put them, uh, put them along with a Vigilator who gives scout to a unit. So you can give scout to... Um, to uh, Seeger units sitting in a Rhino, so the Rhino gets scout. So you can drive 12 across the table, turn one, drive six, go out with the units. You have been scout moving, so you are now uh, with a two plus uh, cover save in ruins, and you will actually be in melter range in turn one. Um, so a lot of uh, fun details you can do with uh, with this unit, or this uh, Rider War. Nice. So um, yeah. So there are 
Yeah, yeah. The, but then again, spread out your units you, in this army. You stay away from having a lot of cheap units, and so you're infiltrating. You're scouting. You have the whole table to play with. Fine, he'll kill one per turn, unless you uh, you choose to go with the the six plus in one save. Then he will almost kill a unit, and then the one or two guys left will run to an objective and stand there for the rest of the game, and then we'll have to shoot again to remove them. But yeah, you're right. Typhon tanks are not fun here. <laughs> that is a, I mean, that is a hell of a lot of information to process. And yeah. <laughs> an extremely detailed breakdown, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, I mean, that's if you don't have fresh ideas for your Thousand Suns army right now and aren't sitting there going, I should get this, especially like Damocles Commander, I know, and a few other things, go and listen <laughs> to it again. Yeah, <laughs> and glue as many quartz crystals or amethyst crystals to the top of as possible, and send us yeah. a pic so we can, you know. Yes, mm. you know there's this new objective with a crystal. It's from the, the 40k objective pack, where it's like a crystal taking off from the ground, only held down by three chains. Uh-huh. We'll stick that on I'm... top, huh? Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. We can work with that. Well. Yep. Well, I'm going to say, hey, Freddie, have you got hey, any? Yeah. I mean, is there any thoughts you want to add before? Because I think it's about time we sort of wrap this up and put it out to uh, our outro. Yeah. But just I, I got one thing. <laughs> I got one thing actually. Um, remain. Okay, uh, sorry, Freddie. Uh, just to wrap it up here, and you'll get the word. Now, no, there you go. just remember <laughs> these tactics are not all just Thousand Suns. This is just what units excel in a Thousand Suns army. So if you're playing whatever other army. Veterans still work. Seekers still work. A lot of the Rider Wars still work. A lot of other armies can get a lot of scouting units and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Try it out. Do something different. It's, you heard it. It works. Try it out. Get it done. Make it get her done. Make it so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, that, that, that being the case, and I'm going to use that as the perfect segue to say we're going to head on out to some randomly appropriate, probably shiny music, and we will be right back after this with our outro. So, yeah, we'll be right back after this. It's a kind of magic. A kind of magic. One dream, one soul, one prize, one gold, one golden glass. What should be
And we're back. And again, Eric, thank you ever so much for that breakdown and run through of the Thousand Suns. I mean, what a great way to make your entrance onto the podcast, man. And welcome to the team. Um, Thanks, man. Just dro- dropping some serious truth and knowledge bombs on people. And, <laughs> you know, I don't want to use the term shaming, but, um, you know, psychic shaming. But, you know, you're kind of shaming people into get- getting something different out there for their army. And I. I really hope we do see that um, coming, yeah. up in, coming up in the future. Uh, like, like Iron Man said, like heaps of times in one of my favorite books called Thousand Sons, we are space marines, first and foremost, psychers second. So use all uh, those uh, other rights, rights of wars and fucking... I'll have to, I'll have to take your word for it until I've read the book. So, you know, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. He, he, he does say that. He does say that. He says that a lot, yeah. probably. Um, yeah, cool. Well, <laughs> it's coming from me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, you know, there's not a, right at this second. We're literally out the back of BSK. There's nothing that I can think of event-wise up until the end of the year. It's uh, no, I think of. the the rest of the year in sweden i think everyone's taking a breather it's been a massive year so i think the next event is the next ajax which is probably around uh, january if i don't i think it's the first first or second weekend in january yeah i'm pretty sure so no new events in sweden for 2018 stay tuned for fucking 2019 if I not. was going to say because I think I think that's uh, the next the next couple of episodes we've we've got some ideas for what we're going to do. We have had, uh, as I mentioned before, our Patreon group, the High Lords, have uh, have made some requests and there is some desire to 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 just do some random conspiracy theory. Get your red twine out, connect the dots, um, Rangdan genocide, um, craziness. So. I don't know. Maybe we try and see if JP's available because I know that's his baby and he loves the Rangdang. Um, I mean, who doesn't little bit love a bit of Rangdang on the side here and there? Um, well, it's the only thing fucking Tim and JP talk about when they talk about fluff stuff. So. Well, oh, well, then maybe we need to try and do it, get get Tim and JP on and see what happens. Maybe we'll serve, solve the Rangdang before uh, book eight comes out and either be right or wrong. You never know. Um, but we're also... we. Work is has been and is or is underway for the 2019 uh, Varangian Heresy event series. Uh, the team is getting bigger. 
Um, I mean, we've added, obviously, recently, uh, Magnus and Eric to the podcast. We're also working with the guys at 30K Sweden, uh, with Nicholas and Eric. And we're just, <coughs> this train has no brakes. Full stop. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go as far as saying, we can promise from here that next year is going to be the most awesome year we have had in Scandinavia when it comes to Horace Heresy. I would, we have I, I would so like to see that. Come. I would, yeah, I would like have... to hold to that. That would, that would be pretty yeah. awesome. Make that happen. Uh, we're definitely, we're definitely reaching a, a Scandinavia level now here on the, um, on the podcast. So, you know, we're we're, yeah. we're we're breaching, breaching on, and sort of claiming territories as we go. <laughs> so, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how it all goes. But yes, we are definitely. Working super hard towards next year. Um, I know, well, everybody on the team is put, is grinding on it already. Ideas are flying, so there's a whole lot to look forward to. Um, I mean, key key things to look forward to are going to be we're going to get the return of the cult of paint over here as well, and um, that's part of the plans. We've got the raffle for next year again, which will be coming up and around after this year's amazing work. It's going to be coming back again. Um, the events themselves. That we're going to be running, and I'm sure there's going to be a whole butt ton of other stuff that we're going to be doing out there as well. Um, and the more people that join us on Patreon, the more we can do, the more we can get you guys involved in a deeper level about what we're doing as well. So, yeah, so much to come for, come and look forward to. Uh, Freddie, you got anything you want to add to that, mate? No, no, no. Like, uh, the only little hint I can give you about next year is like this year. We focused a lot on hobby, about painting progression, about you know, re hiring higher standards of painted armies, and oh my fucking god, we have seen some gorgeous army. Just the best painted entries uh, for each event has grown from like back in our humble days in 2015, I think 16, it was 16, 16, 16, 16 oh. I think yeah, yeah, surely three, it was three Lincolns ago, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, yeah, 18, 17, 16. Okay. All right, if you say so, I trust you. It feels like, it feels like longer. <laughs> it feels like longer. Anyway, from, from those humble beginnings when there was just maybe one or two key players that had, like, gorgeous armies and were always voted for best best painted, we now have gone to, like, fucking half the entries get nominated. And so I think that we, we are pretty happy to say, like, since the first course, the second course... The standards of armies across our event series are fucking phenomenal. So that was that was this year's focus. We're in quirky units that we never get to see. Hobby aspects to the max. Next year, we're kind of tying it up a notch, and we're, we're thinking about everything narrative. So we're definitely going to focus narrative. Everything from the surprises of Raltac to all other kind of stories. So it, it's all going to be super narrative focus. And, you know, hopefully we'll make a fluffer out of Eric as well, even though, you know, he, he's good. It's going to be his bread and butter because he loves writing fluff. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe you'll do some research as well. There. <laughs> oh, oh. And, we're not, and the thing is not only are we racist states, we're not letting those, the standards drop either. No, no, oh. fuck no. <laughs> so the, the painting is already in place. And I know that between those, uh, you know, fucking 40 odd people that we had a link on, 
Oh, we had 40 people. Almost we did. Thought. That was an even number. Uh, or like, let, let's just say like the BSK event um, last week, you know, it's 35 fucking players. That's crazy for BSK. So it's yeah, just... Yeah, we got told we were the biggest event at BSK, actually. Yeah. So like when we were the biggest event at Lincoln. We were the biggest event at BSK. Like we started the year with being the biggest event at a gaming convention. We ended the year by being the biggest event at a gaming convention, you know, and thank all that hard work that Eric and Nicholas did for that, and that's just fucking cool as fuck. And then, so next year, fuck, let, let's, uh, we'll see if we can fucking tie it up a knot, uh, and we have so many more surprises for you guys, but, you know, it's, the main focus is going to be all narrative, and I fucking guarantee that no one's going to be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. and we're going to, we're going to, we're gonna have some. Uh, we're gonna have probably at least one episode before the end of the year, wrapping up this year's event series, talking about next year, dropping dropping some little Easter eggs and some truths coming out about what's coming. Uh, there'll be more stuff on Facebook, on Instagram, on anywhere and everywhere we can spread the news. And you know, again, like we had last time, we really want you guys to let us know what your events are, so we can shout them out for you. Um, so make sure that you um, drop us a message, uh, Heresy at gmail.com, and we will shout out your events for you. Hell, if you want to record a little blurb about your event, I'm more than happy to edit that in for you. So, um, you know. <coughs> or, or if you want to have help with events, if you want ideas, yeah. if you want to borrow missions, if you want to have NPCs, if you want to have everything, like the 30k community we're so tightly knit that we all different places we help each other we we brainstorm ideas like we brainstorm with the Depticon guys we brainstorm with you know the guys down in australia we brainstorm with people all over the place so if you want something um, just let us know yeah i'm repeating terrain if needed yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> I, I i can say this right now i literally i'm uh, i'm working on collecting all our different rule sets, all our different ideas and everything, and they're going to be available in some way, shape or form to everybody who comes onto the podcast page as well as those in our Patreon group and yeah, we're just going to spread the wealth because that's how you make heresy as awesome as possible. Don't hold it back, don't hide it in the closet, get it out there and make sure everybody has fun. Cool. Oh, yeah, I think we're um, we're about ready to wrap it up there. So I'm I'm going to say it's a good night from me. Same here. It's two in the night. So, no, well, it's uh, fucking almost good morning for me. <laughs> well, well, let's do yeah. that. Well, then it's good morning for me. Yeah, good morning for us <laughs> <laughs> and me. And remember, guys, yeah. treat life like thirty k. Be angry in the sheets. Be, uh, be angry on the sheets. That's how fucking tired I am. Be angry on the streets. Be fulgrim in the sheets and try not to lose your head. And maybe get some sleep every now and then. This is the Fragile Heresy Podcast. Signing off. The